welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. A state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness. The track hits your eardrum like a slug to your chest. Like a best for your Jimmy in the city of sex. We in that sunshine state where the bomb ass pimp be. The state where you never find a dance floor empty and pimp be. On a mission for them greens. Lean, mean, money making machines, serving fiends. I've been in the game for 10 years making rap tunes. Ever since honeys was wearing sassoon. Now it's 95 and they clock me and watch me diamond shining. Looking like a Rob Liberace. It's all good from Diego to the Bay. Your city is the bomb if your city making pain. Throw up a finger if you feel the same way. Straight putting it down for California, yeah.
Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly where we talk nothing but sports. But before we do, I just want to give a programming reminder for those who may have missed our Survivor recap show. Well, technically we did the Survivor Aftermath show this past week, uh, but there were a couple of announcements that were made that uh, I should be sure to remind everybody uh, moving forward for any Survivor fans or Big Brother fans that may listen to Sports Whispers Weekly, uh, we will be doing interviews with certain former Survivor and Big Brother cast members. So stay tuned to Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash AE for updates as far as to when those interviews will be taking place. Uh, I assure you it probably will not be Saturday nights because uh, – normally during the week ends up working ends up working out better for uh for certain people but uh we will be having and according to uh according to the list that jim has shown me we have a shit ton of people lined up for you guys so uh and actually you know we are working on maybe potentially we could get uh a sports interview potentially lined up uh that is potentially in the works so uh for any wrestling fans in particular uh may want to keep an eye on that as well uh but anyways we have sports whispers weekly tonight uh i am steve of course joined by lou and lou i think we can basically throw every single analysis that we made of the nba finals right out the window uh yeah. last uh, from Even last the sports week book said that too because it is I, – I'll tell you right now, everybody knows I'm a Boston fan. I'm born and bred in Boston. I did not yes. see this coming whatsoever. I thought yeah, even, right. if Boston, even if Boston were to win game seven, I figured that Golden State, the experience of Golden State, I mean, hell, they – they have how many how many uh, games of experience in the finals? Over a hundred games total for uh, uh, in between all of the all of the members of uh, in between all of the players on that Golden State Warriors roster. And now somehow the Boston Celtics, after being down by fifteen, I think it was as much as fifteen points in Game 15. One. Yeah, all of a sudden, stormed back to to have a forty to sixteen uh, differential in the fourth yeah. quarter to end up winning Game One of the NBA Finals. Which, honestly, Weird. for me, it was jaw dropping. Honestly, because I. 100% did not see that coming at all. Period. And yeah. let me add in let me add in Alex uh Alex welcome oh, to the show. Uh we obviously 
we were just talking about the NBA Finals. We were about to start our discussion on the NBA Finals. Alex, how shocked yeah. are you that it has gotten off to the start that we that we have seen so far? I was pretty shocked. I really thought, like, everyone and their brother, I thought the yeah. Golden State was going to cruise at least in game one just because they're red hot and they were, like, well-rested and playing at home. And then uh, the Celtics just came alive. They dominated that defense was just incredible. What it was a 24-point swing in the last 12 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they were I mean, it was very weird, you know. Boston was up by 2 at the half, then the Warriors came out out of the game the um halftime and blew the and blew the Celtics out. I ran Pennsylvania as a win, and then all of a sudden this fourth quarter surge by the Celtics comes on, and they come back and blow their brains out. I mean, <laughs> it was nuts. it was completely weird. Yeah, I mean, come I, on. I really, uh, that, they're, they're that's defense, I don't know. Yeah, go for it. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, Steph Curry had, what, 21 points in the first quarter, which I will yes. say uh, after after rewatching game one, a lot of those points, okay, obviously they were wide open looks, partially because everybody was everybody was talking about, you know, all week long, before the final started, how Marcus Smart would be able to lock up uh, Steph Curry, potentially. And, you know, a lot of people were then talking a whole bunch of smack that, oh, I guess, uh, you know, I guess Marcus Smart ain't uh, ain't such a lockdown defender uh, uh, now, is he? Well, not all of those points were against Marcus Smart. No. He gave up a total of eight points to Steph Curry. Interesting. In that, wow, in, in that. the game one victory, yeah. Out of all the possessions that he guarded, Curry, Curry only scored eight points off of a uh, off of Smart. I didn't. I, that's a great observation. I didn't even notice. Did they? Um, who primarily guarded Jalen Brown? Uh, you know, it's weird because there were. You know how Boston likes to make those switches the way that they do. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, and most all of them are good defenders, so they can switch. <laughs> yeah, and the thing the thing is, they when they sometimes switch, they end up leaving too too big of a hole. Like the, uh, I, I noticed a couple of them, I yeah. believe, were off of a switch where Horford was uh, where Horford was setting up a screen. Wow, and. That basically when Horford started going backwards, that is what allowed Curry the open space to get some of those shots off. Now I'm not saying he wouldn't have been able to get them off anyways, but I think that's partially why Curry got off to as hot of a start as he did, where it looked like he was going to wow. easily put up 60 points potentially on that Boston defense. Yeah, that's nuts. Their defense is just sensational. I mean, I, yeah, I like what you it, just said. I didn't even I didn't even really think about that. That was a great call, Steve. I didn't even notice. Like, they do switch a lot, and no one, no other team can really do that because there's like no, there's hardly ever any weak defenders on the court for Boston. They can just smother no. anyone. It's uh, that's what you know. That's what kind of that's what kind of made me feel like okay, they could beat they could beat Miami because. My, Miami obviously was the healthier team, but the problem with Miami is they rely mainly on Jimmy Butler. And 
they had players like Max Struess who didn't even show up uh, the last couple of the last couple of games, and Tyler Harrow. I don't even know why Tyler Harrow played Game Seven because he was yeah. just he was just out there, like he wasn't contributing anything. Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't move around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's like they said the injury he was dealing with. In the if it was in the regular season, he would be sidelined two to four weeks. Right. Four with weeks. his groin issue. Yeah, two to four oh, weeks course. is what they said. Well, he's a groin, so yeah, you're right. So, I was stunned to begin with the fact that he was even out there for Game Seven. And now the difference between Miami and Golden State. Golden State has God knows how. Uh, most of their players can hit it from essentially anywhere on the court. I mean, you take a, you take a look. Uh, well, obviously, you know, Draymond Green. He's not. He's not mainly a three point threat. Mainly the three point threats are Wiggins, Thompson, Curry, Poole, uh, Porter. Even Iguodala can can uh, can hit Bajal, a three point shot once in a while. Bajalika, the European guy off the bench, too, the big guy. Uh, Bajelica, yeah, Bajelica, Felica, Felica. Okay. I mean, he's. I want to have a side note. He, he's like the he's like the perfect uh, Warriors big man because he can shoot. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, there were a couple of things that that kind of confused me about Game One is the fact that Kerr. I mean, Gary Payton supposedly was available to play. He was activated. He was ready to play, supposedly. But Kerr apparently is not is not comfortable giving him significant minutes after uh, fracturing his elbow against uh, against Memphis like he did. Now, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but to me, it kind of seems like if you're if you fracture your elbow, kind of a quick turnaround for him to only miss the Dallas series and yet be able to play in the NBA finals. So I'm kind of questioning whether or not we'll even see Gary Payton at all in this NBA mm. finals matchup. Because I don't I mean, know. Yeah, cause, cause he's a great defender guys, but he, he, he's not, obviously he's not big enough. No, no knock on him, but it's just size wise. He doesn't no. really, he can't guard Brown or, uh, he especially, I mean, Tatum's even maybe even an inch taller than Brown. You can't guard either one of them, really. You know no, what I mean? No. And you know that so he's kind of rendered, he's very uh, he, his his you know his best weapon is defense. He doesn't he doesn't cover you know he's not he covers the uh, you know guards. He's not going to cover it, right. Jason Tatum. Yeah, and you know it's funny you say size wise because it makes me wonder. Why did they not use Jonathan Kaminga? That's a great call. He's what, a great, yeah. wiry, fast, long, young, energetic defender. After what Kaminga did for a couple of games in this playoff run, I mean, he uh-huh. played. He put up 17 points against Dallas. He seen as well against Memphis, and it, it sort of seems like. It, it, you know, it, it sort of seems like uh, Steve Kerr has a off-and-on thing with Kaminga. Like, he'll use him one game, then he'll then he'll barely use him the next game. Use him, then, then use him one game, and then use him barely the next yeah. game. 
And yeah, I bet, that's a great right. call, Steve. I bet I bet we see him in game two, though. Maybe, maybe perhaps to add a little bit of size. But, you know, it's it's funny that you bring up uh, – you bring up sides because I completely forgot about this, is the reason why Golden State had pro- had problems, uh, uh, you know, after they finally started to cool down uh, was the fact that, you know, they're, uh, they're undermatched when it comes to size. Like uh, Boston, I mean, you clearly, you take a look at, at their bigs, Al Horford, Robert Williams, uh, Grant, well, well, I, can, I don't know if you can really call Grant Williams a big because he's six six, but no, uh, you know it's uh, Boston size wise is taller than than most of Golden State's players, and yeah, right. You know, I, I remember Jalen Brown saying that their main focus was going to be to try and eliminate the layups, the easy layups that Golden State would get on certain. Uh, on certain, uh, you know, plays like we saw in the Dallas series as well as the Memphis series. And thing about this whole thing, though, is that Golden State had Jason Tatum only shoot three of 17 for Boston. I doubt you're going to see Tatum shoot three of 17 again in this series. Yeah. So this was a huge wasted opportunity for Golden State. Now, granted, people have yeah. said that people have said that Tatum shooting three of seventeen basically opened up those opportunities for Horford, Smart, Derek oh. White. Well, let's just put it this way: you're, you're, this is Derek White basically getting oh, those shots to finally fall. He's been putting up those shots regardless of if Tatum uh, goes off or not, if he has a bad game or a good game. Derek White puts up those shots uh, regularly. Horford, I would say, okay, Horford, you know, normally in a regular, in a regular game, you don't see him go six for eight from three. You just don't oh, yeah. see that. Incredible. Uh, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, I can see him going four of seven in certain in certain matchups, even if Tatum yeah. is uh, is red hot. Uh, He's a volume. So, I mean, Smart is a volume guy. If he gets hot, he can hit seven or eight threes. Right. So you know, so for for people to say that Smart, and like if it, if it wasn't for Tatum going cold, that you wouldn't see Smart, White, or Horford get those shots. I mean, I I don't really put anything behind those comments because, okay, Horford, you can say, maybe wouldn't have gotten nearly as many opportunities. But Smart and White, they put up those shots literally every game. It's just a matter of whether they fall or not. Yeah. Uh, And good, you know, it's a well-built team. They're just a very well-built team because they're big. And then they can guard anyone, and then they have two really good young scores. They have everything. Yes, they have. The the thing with Boston is, if one score doesn't like between Tatum and Brown, if one of them has a bad game, usually the other one picks up the slack, and then you end up seeing somebody else go off, like we saw Derek White go off the way he did yeah. off of the bench. 
And Tatum and Tatum will now, move the ball when when he's off. Tatum Tatum is happy to pass it off. They they really uh, like communicate well and share the ball. Oh yeah, and you know that showed yeah. considering he put up a he put up a new NBA record thirteen assists in an NBA wow, Finals incredible. debut. I didn't know that. Wow, and he's a small forward. Yeah. He, wow. Yeah, he broke mm-hmm. uh, he broke John he broke John Stockton's record. I, I guys, I honestly, I watched it, hoops. I probably watched the most of any sport, hoops and football. Probably, I had no idea how good yeah. Tatum is until the last month. He is now. Unfortunately. Like, wow, this guy really is like a top five player. I never knew that. He is, but his problem is he's inconsistent. Like when he's on his A game, mm. he he. Like if 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 the previous series are anything to go by. Game two, I would expect a monster game from Tatum because he never has had yeah. back-to-back games where he's put up like 10 or 13 points uh, consecutively. I wouldn't expect another bad game from Tatum uh, for, for game two. I would be, I would be surprised. Now, Jalen Brown, on the other hand, Jalen Brown, it, he, he, it seems like he's more of a second-half type of shooter. So for him to have started off on the, uh, you know, on the right track as he was in game one kind of surprised me a little bit. And it also surprised me the fa- just the fact that, you know, but despite being down as much as they were, Boston still stayed in there. You know, it, it never really, I mean, at one point it looked like, okay, you know, this, game was is clearly going to be going uh in favor of of golden state with the uh, with the 15 point lead that they had but then all of a sudden boston comes comes clawing back and it's almost like is is there is there literally is any lead really safe it's amazing i mean golden state has more firepower than what anyone in a couple of years, and Boston just totally shut them down. Yeah, and I mean, it's. I, th- I think part of it has to do with the fact that uh, maybe, perhaps, but it's funny I say fatigue could potentially play a factor because you look at Golden State; they they had God knows how much more rest in between. So. You know, obviously the question comes up is, uh, was rust a factor? And the way they started off the game, it definitely didn't look like rust played a factor in this matchup. It almost seems right. like, as Magic, jo- as Magic Johnson put it to Stephen A. Smith, he said uh, at the end of the first quarter, he said to Stephen A. Smith, look at this Golden State team. They have their hands on their knees already, and it's just the end of the first quarter. Boston's defense somehow absolutely wore them out the the further that the game went on. And it's weird because you would think a team that has had so much more rest than than Boston did – with Boston coming mm-hmm. off of a grueling uh, back-to-back grueling seven-game series, yeah. you would think that Golden State would have the adva- would have the advantage in terms of stamina. 
Like they were just Boston was almost like running on pure adrenaline. They were like just in the zone. Right. Now maybe their legs and maybe their fatigue catches up to them in game two. It's possible. I mean, you know, a lot of people were looking at the possibility that uh, could Boston start off sluggish and lose game one yeah. because of the fact that, uh, you know, having having been in back-to-back uh, seven-game series, that maybe perhaps this would be uh, game one would, would basically be uh, the fatigue, you know, starting starting them off on the wrong foot. But it honestly, it didn't really look like it. Like uh, every Celtic looked like they had fresh legs. And actually, uh, this is yeah. something that was reported by the media that uh, prior to game one, Ime Udoka chose not to have the Celtics go through shoot around that day because he wow. wanted fresh. He wa- he wanted fresh uh, fresh legs with more energy. Sort of like how he did against uh, 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 against Miami for Game Seven. He did he mm-hmm. did pretty much the same thing for, uh, against Miami. And honestly, the Celtics, I'd say, yeah, they started off the game with with jitters because I mean, let's face it, it's it's Game One of the NBA. It's your your first time ever being yeah. in the NBA Finals. You know, uh, for all of these players, like I like I mentioned before. You know, Golden State had the clear advantage uh, with them having played in well over a hundred games total. Uh, when you count up all the different games of experience that each and every one of their players has had, while Boston literally did not have a single player play in an NBA final heading into this series, so they got their they got the jitters out of the way and. That could be potentially why maybe Golden State got off. <coughs> excuse me, uh, Golden State yeah. got off to such a got off to such a big run the way they did in the first uh, in the first quarter. Uh, and as you saw, you know, the more and more that this game ended up uh, ended up uh, progressing it seemed like Boston was getting more comfortable when it came to making certain shots. Especially threes. Well, yeah, especially threes. But, you know, when it comes to, like, getting open looks, that's I think that may be the real knock against Golden State is while they can, while they can try and outshoot somebody, they give up some pretty open looks. I mean, you take yeah. a look at that Memphis series. You take a look at that Memphis series. If there weren't so many bricked three-point attempts, Memphis could have potentially stolen that series from Golden. Well, that and if uh, John Morant wasn't injured. You could have potentially right looked there. at Memphis. You could have looked at Memphis potentially advancing to take on Dallas instead of Golden State. Yeah, I thought Memphis and was going to get there. I agree. I, you know, I agree, Alex. I thought I thought Memphis the way they were playing before the John Morant injury. I thought Memphis Memphis has a chance. And then when John came back, like it threw them off when he came back. He then he 
he tried to make up for lost time and try to prove he was the man, and it, it just threw everything off. They, I mean, they were on a rampage. They seemed destined to go to the finals, and then it just fell apart. Yeah. Collapse that, 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 that's like why it. You know, that's why it's so crucial for Memphis to keep that core together, to keep that core around, because now they're going to, you know, they're going to learn from this playoff run that they that they had gone on. And that'll that'll only make them that much better once uh, now that they have the experience. And actually speaking of experience, uh this is another note too. Ime Udoka apparently is the first head coach in his first to be to be in their first year as a head coach. He is the first one to have played in two game seven on the way to an NBA final. Mm. Apparently there, apparently no other rookie coach has ever done that in the league, which I find to be amazing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just, you just some, some other things, some other things too, uh, you know, Al Horford, it took him 141 career playoff games to make it, to finally make his first finals appearance. Now, obviously, that gets reset, and I believe it's Paul Millsap uh, that is the leader now with 130 career playoff games without an NBA finals appearance. Wow. So, but uh, some stat, some stats actually for this game and. Actually, the Boston Celtics are the first team in NBA history to win a finals game by double digits after trailing by double digits entering the fourth quarter. Their win probability probability fell as low as 4% when they were down 15 near the end of the third. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. Now, as far as the stats go... uh, yeah, what were the odds? Uh, yeah, I know it's it's real. It's really weird to uh, especially uh, the way that that specifically played out. That as low as four percent odds, as low as four percent odds to win the game, and somehow it took a forty to sixteen run, uh, an entire quarter run for Boston to. Uh, completely turn the tables on Golden State, but uh, some some uh, quick stats from Game One: Jason Tatum, twelve points, thirteen rebounds, uh, or I mean assists, not rebounds, and five rebounds uh, with three of seventeen shooting. Like I said, you're probably not going to see that again from Tatum. Uh, more than likely, right. he will probably have a bounce back game, win or lose. He'll probably have a bounce back game in Game Two. Al Horford, 26 points, three assists, six rebounds. Uh, Robert Williams, he looked good uh, starting in his, in, his first, uh, in his first NBA Finals game. 20, 24 minutes, he had eight points, six rebounds. It looks like he may potentially be back as the regular Robert Williams uh, with four blocks, might I add, in, in the game as well. So if Robert Williams' knee isn't bothering him, 
this could be a long series defensively for Golden State. Or not defensively, offensively. Because if Williams is healthy, you're going to see more of those four block games uh, mm. coming from coming from uh, from him as a member of the Celtics. Uh, let's see, Jalen Brown, twenty four points, seven rebounds, five assists. Uh, believe it or not, if the trend continues the way it is right now, he's looking like a potential uh, Finals MVP if Boston ends up winning it all. Uh, he's yeah, I... looking. He's looking like a potential Finals MVP. Uh, Marcus Smart, 18 points, five rebounds, four assists, to go along with two steals as well. Uh, Derek White, 21 points off the bench, along with three assists. Uh, You also had Peyton Pritchard with eight points, as well as six rebounds and two assists. And Pritchard, actually, uh, this is a a bit of a shock as well, Pritchard played most of the fourth quarter, giving Marcus Smart the needed time off until Smart finally came in toward, uh, close, closer to the end. So Ime, even now, is starting to try and manage certain players' minutes, uh, like if they're injured or something. Like we knew Marcus Smart had the, uh, had the ankle injury, and Robert Williams obviously had the knee injury last, uh, last series. And Peyton Pritchard was out there that entire time for that complete turnaround. So we may potentially see more of that, if only it means to preserve Marcus Smart, uh, to, pres- to preserve the health of Marcus Smart, uh, to ensure that he doesn't re-injure his ankle again. If the situation right. calls for it, we could see Ime go, uh, go towards that again. Uh, now, on the Golden State side of things, uh, Andrew Wiggins, 20 points, five rebounds, and three blocks for, uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Clay Thompson, 15 points. Honestly, this, was, this seemed like an off game for Thompson. Now, I know he averaged about 19 points a game, I believe, this year but it seemed like an off game for Thompson because we, uh, we are used to seeing Thompson light it up so much more. And the fact that he only put up 15 points, I don't know if it was just an off night for him or if it was that Boston's defense is that good against him. Uh, I don't know how to classify that. Right. I mean, doesn't it doesn't it seem strange? Like you you see Curry obviously go off, and everybody know everybody knows how good of a three point shooter uh, Thompson is. Thompson only went three for seven when he's been known to go lights out from three point range. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lou and Alex, what what are your thoughts on that? Could that be a potential concern? For Golden State, if we start to if we continue to to see this as a trend, if Thompson is uh is is you know underperforming, if he's underperforming, then they got a real problem here. Because I always thought if Thompson stays on his game, yes, the Warriors are going to have an easy time winning this series. But if Thompson is off his game or for some chance gets injured, that's going to be Boston's golden opportunity 
to steal this series. Now, so far, it looks like it's been that way, but, you know, that doesn't mean it's going to continue. I like that. So we have to see what's going to happen, you know, with the Warrior, with the Warriors players to see how they can come right. up. Because inconsistency is not going to win you a game or the series. You know, they have to be consistent, and they have, you know, have to stay healthy, especially Thompson, who, of course, you know, in the final three years ago, uh, that was a devastating injury right there, and they went up losing the series to Toronto of all football places. So I'm just hoping that they can avoid the same mistake that they did then. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if Clay struggles, Steve Kerr has to have the yeah the fortitude, the 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 yeah, the ball to uh, put it. He's got other weapons. Put it in Jordan Poole because they can't go too yeah. small because Boston's big. So Jordan, like, oh yeah, Jordan Poole. Mm. You can't. And Clay's not playing well. He's got to get off the court because they already have enough problems covering uh, Boston. I mean, you can't play like all these small guards. You can't have. You can't really have Poole, Clay, and Curry on the court a lot. Did they do that a lot game one, or was Poole just rotated in for one of Curry and uh, Clay? Were they all three playing together a lot I, game one? I think they, I think they might have. Yeah. Because here's the thing: everybody, everybody was looking at Poole and expecting him to actually, uh, you know, to put up uh, a potential what monster game. And Boston's defense—I don't know what it was, but Boston's defense really really shut Poole down for the most part. I mean, Poole only only made seven only made seven shot attempts. He went two for seven, including one of five from three-point range. He had a total of nine points with four turns. That's crazy. So, he seemed very off compared to maybe yeah. it's the maybe it's the matchup that is that is giving him problems, but he he just he didn't seem like the Jordan Poole that we have seen from other from other series in this uh, in this NBA playoffs. Huh. <laughs> been through a lot I mean, of injuries. I would he's go any younger. He's been through a lot of injuries. Maybe it's slowing down a little bit. Maybe. Uh, you know, I I would I would probably go with. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably go with Otto Porter Jr. before I'd go with Poole at this point. Otto Porter Jr. Wow. I mean, if he's if if he's going to be shut down this way, like then again, though, against Dallas, he did have a ten point game one of those games, so maybe he'll have a bounce back game in game two. But if Boston continues to shut down Poole. I would probably be looking at somebody like Otto Porter Jr. or maybe Andre Iguodala to potentially take some of those shot attempts. Because yeah. otherwise Boston, every single time Poole is on the uh, every single time Poole is on the court, Boston is going to take advantage of that. Any single potential advantage that they can, you know, that they that they can take. Uh, yeah. Some of the other, you know, some of the other uh, bits here. Obviously, Curry, you know, thirty-four points, five rebounds, five assists. You got to expect Curry's probably going to put up those points every single game, regardless. Uh, although, I don't think it would be as fast as he did, where he put up twenty-one points in the first quarter. And I believe, 
I might be wrong, but I believe he actually set a new record potentially uh, for first quarter threes in a in a final. I might be wrong though. I know both teams yeah. uh, set a new record for for twenty three pointers made in a in a half of an NBA final. That apparently is a new record. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, even even with Curry aging, Curry Curry's now thirty four. You know, seeing him put up the points he did in Game One, if Golden State ultimately ends up winning, I think Curry is finally going to get his Finals MVP that he's been looking for. Because especially against this defense, even though they held him to 13 points in the second half, Curry's just one of those players that is, that's going to land from regardless of where he is on the court and how, uh, you know, how, how contested his shot is. He's basically, yeah, sure. like I call him, the human cheat code. His shots are just absolutely <laughs> insane. The range he has is like circus shots. No one's ever done that. Yeah. I don't care if it's Reggie Miller or Larry Bird. They haven't had quite – I mean, he, he just chucks it up like with people on his, in his face from 40 feet. Right. I don't know if he's the best now, three ever, but as far as yeah. unbelievably, incredibly impressive shot. Hey, you know, to, get, to give him credit, he definitely – is you know obviously he's taking the he's taking this NBA finals seriously like he's not he's not yeah. being like certain players like Draymond Green who's making comments basically saying oh there's no way that uh you know we're going to see uh, you know those comments that I mentioned about Al Horford uh Derek White and Marcus Smart shooting as hot as they did Draymond Green immediately brushed those comments off like Oh, we're not gonna see. We're not gonna see them. Uh, you know, that was just a game one thing, dude. What the fuck have you done in recent uh, right. in recent playoff series? Not, what does he have? Like he has like three rebounds and four points, and he and he talks the most out of anyone. He had he had eleven rebounds. He had four points in game one, and actually, believe it or not, he averaged. He, 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 he yeah. Sorry. Go. Well, I was just going to say he averaged seven seven points, seven rebounds, and seven assists per game this season. So, I mean, yeah, he's more of a of a well rounded type of player, more of a defensive player, but mm-hmm. he didn't really help that much. Apart from the rebounds, he didn't really help that much in game one. Yeah. You know, it's almost like Boston, just like how they did with uh, Milwaukee for a couple of those, uh, or was it Milwaukee or was it Brooklyn? I forget. It might have been Brooklyn, where they left uh, they left some of those uh, some of those shooters wide open on purpose. They may end up doing that to Draymond Green because they know he's ice cold from three point range. Like I, he yeah. went zero for four. He went zero for four from three. Uh, in game one and Boston may, if I know, if I know how this team has been uh, in the playoffs this year, they may look at that and say, well, let's just focus on somebody else 
and let's leave Draymond wide open from three every single opportunity that we get yeah, because care. chances I are – I would beg him to shoot. Yeah, because chances are he probably won't land it. And that also keeps him away from potentially grabbing those rebounds. And it's keeping the shots not coming out of the hands of Clay and Curry. Exactly. So it's like really disrupts their offense without them even realizing it. Like, hey, Draymond, yeah, please shoot as much as possible because uh, you're probably going to brick them. Now, the, the one problem I do have, though, is Steve Kerr, now granted, granted, you know, he's, he knows more about basketball than me, obviously. I mean, take a look at all the rings that he has from his time yeah. as a player as well as a coach. Uh, but he was giving Steph Curry his normal, regular routine as far as rest goes. Like he was – like the, the entire second quarter, to start off the second quarter, Curry sat for I think like half, maybe more of the second quarter – and that's what's part. That's what partially, I believe, allowed Boston to get back into it. It's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You have your yeah. best player sitting on the bench while Boston is while Boston is keeping uh, their own team in this. You have you have you have a lead on Boston. You should be putting your foot on the throat. It was really hot. NBA Finals. You know, it's maybe 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 uh, maybe I'm just looking at it wrong, but honestly, it's the NBA Finals. You should be yeah. having your best players out there as much as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, it was I mean, look, look at it. Look at it, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum was out there for 41 minutes. Kerr got severely outcoached in game one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, specifically in the fourth quarter. By a he got outcoached. By a rookie head coach. A joke is great. By a rookie yeah, I mean, head Kerr, coach. Yeah, Kerr is supposedly very good, too. I, I, me and you and Luke could be pretty effective if we were coaching uh, Steph Curry and Clay and, and Kevin Durant for a couple of years. I mean, come on. And you know there was a, there was one thing that uh, somebody I follow uh, had said about about Kerr, and it was the fact that Kerr was has been known for stealing plays from yes. other coaches. Like he like he is un, apparently he is unable to draw up a play on his own. Like he has to. He has to use the plays of other head coaches that he's that he's uh, faced off again. Kind of strategy. Meanwhile, that. meanwhile, you got you got Udoka putting together so many, uh, you know, so many of these so many of these plays, and obviously they're his own from from what we've seen. And actually, looking at the betting lines right now, uh, the Warriors opened up for game two at four and a half as a favorite to win. Uh, four and a half with no movement. Uh, 80% of the bet is on Golden State. The Celtics 
opened at, uh, as far as money line goes, the Celtics opened up at plus 145 for game two. Now they're at 150. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it. I don't know if it moved at all. Uh, but 43% of the betting tickets were for the Celtics money line. 16% of the handle was on the Celtics. 16% of the bet is on the Celtics for uh, when it when it comes to uh, when it comes to the money line. For, for game two. Wow. So it almost seems like this is almost a win or go home for Golden State. Yeah. Which is weird because normally you would think, you know, Golden State, they're three-time champions. Even if they go down two games to none, yeah. I don't know how you could. I obviously, Boston would be favored to win the series, but I don't know how you could count Golden State out, even if they go down two games to none. They can't. Because uh, Boston's sure. crowd is going to be absolutely menacing. They're going to be murderous. And if they're down 0 2, the Boston defense is going to just be suffocating. They're really going to start playing aggressive and even like dirty. They're going to really start slapping around the Warriors in Boston. So Golden State has to win game two, I think. It's all but over. If 95% chance Boston wins the title. Yeah. I mean, if Golden State goes down too, how do they come back in Boston? I don't see that. Well, Boston has been more of a road team. than uh, uh, Boston's been more of a road team as opposed to a home team this playoff. Yes. Okay, yeah. So it's entirely possible that, for example, Golden State, Golden State, if they take game two, we could very well see game three and four get split, just like it did in Golden State. Right. True. Now, obviously, another thing has to do with, okay, what type of refereeing are we going to see, too? Because... Yeah. The referees actually let them play in game one. As they should. Game two, and, and, and the thing, too, is game one did not have Scott Foster. It did not have Tony Brothers, and it did not have uh, Zach Zarba, except on the replay center. And the replay center was barely even used. So, you know, it's. I would I would almost guarantee that we will see a game that has all three of them in the same literally in the same in the same game as we call as we call Scott Foster the extender. So I guarantee yeah. you this series is going at least six, maybe seven games. I would because the NBA at least six. <laughs> the NBA is going to want to capitalize. On how much, uh, how much advertise, you know, how, how, how as far as how the ratings go for this, uh, for the for this series, because Boston has generated some of the some of the highest ratings for this playoff for this playoff run. Hmm. Although game one was technically 
the least viewed game for game one in the last 15 years, apparently. Now, I don't know if that's because of Golden State is in it and everybody figures, oh, Golden State's just going to win anyways. Mm-hmm. Or who, know, who knows? Maybe we'll see, maybe we'll see a rise. Maybe we'll see a rise for game two in terms of viewership. But game one got about 11 and a, or 11.9 million viewers. That's not bad. Which, no, but that only tops, uh, uh, of the last 15 years, that only tops the previous two NBA Finals game ones. Hmm. Which was obviously the COVID era. Right. So... You know, maybe, perhaps, maybe, perhaps. I don't know if you know if they're getting if they're getting low ratings. Maybe, perhaps that might that might defer the NBA from potentially trying to fix this series uh, when it comes to the referees. Because usually, you would think you would think that if there's more, the more people are watching. They're going to want to continue to keep to get those people to continue watching, yeah. and capitalize on the uh, on the ad revenue that they would be drawing in. But I don't know. I, I don't. I really hope that we see more refereeing like we did in Game One, because Game One, number one, it looked like it was so fast paced. It felt so fast paced. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, TV, a matter of fact, it ended at what eleven thirty, maybe. Just about, yeah, just about eleven thirty. And yet, it started at nine o'clock. Right. So, I'm I'm yeah. hoping that maybe perhaps we get more of those fast games, and the referees yes. actually let them play. But I I just I have this feeling they. They always want to be greedy, and they always want to try and leave it in the hands of the referees. So mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if we start seeing more calls get called uh, the further that this series goes, potentially. Yeah, it could very well happen. Yep, I agree. Now, we do have uh, some injury reports. The only uh, update for Boston is that Robert Williams is questionable with his uh, left knee soreness, uh, basically the surgically repaired knee, essentially. Uh, as far as Golden State goes, you pretty much have, I believe, I believe it's basically the same, uh, the same players from uh, from the past couple of, yeah, okay. So the only questionable tags that you have for Golden State, you have Iguodala with his neck. Uh, you got Otto, Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton the second uh, with uh, the questionable tags on on their uh, on their injury report, which is you know not really not really surprising. You're probably going to see that anyways uh, for for the rest of the NBA finals more than likely. Now, sure. so uh, also another another thing too, and I'm looking at uh as far as some of the 
stats for who guarded who. Wiggins was actually on Tatum in game one. Yeah. So part of the struggle that that we saw from Tatum, you can credit Andrew Wiggins for uh for guarding him the way that the way that he did. So maybe perhaps Boston may potentially try and match Tatum up with somebody else other than Wiggins. Though I don't know who else they could potentially uh, they could shift Tatum over to because Wiggins would then probably go over to Brown from what it looks like. But like I said, like I said, you know, it's it's very unlikely that uh, Tatum will continue will continue you know three for seventeen shooting. So. Yep. That's something, uh, and ob- obviously game two is tomorrow night at 8 p.m. I know I don't understand this schedule. It's it's 9 p.m. game one, year. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. game two, then it's back to 9 p.m. in Boston on Wednesday. A 9 p.m. start time in on the East Coast. And then it's yeah. 9 p.m. It's 9 p.m. again for Game Four uh, next what is Friday. It? Nine o'clock. Tomorrow's nine o'clock. You said, or what time is the game tomorrow? Game two. Eight. Eight o'clock. That's not too bad. It could be better as they get like four. But Sunday is a weird time for a basketball, a, a huge basketball game. I would. I mean, obviously yeah. Saturday night tonight would have been incredible. Yeah, it's eight o'clock. It's eight o'clock, and. Then the next two nights, are, or the next two games, are nine o'clock games again, and then game five on Monday, uh, on the thirteenth, if necessary. Game five is nine o'clock back in Golden State. Game six, if necessary, is at nine o'clock back in Boston on the sixteenth, if necessary, and a potential game seven would be at eight o'clock in Golden State on the nineteenth. How does this well? Don't make well. Any don't forget on Sunday. Well, don't forget, Steve. On Sundays, prime time starts at seven and not eight. So they do their pregame crapola an hour earlier and get the game in um, at um, an hour earlier on Sunday because the, the prime time starts early then. So that's how it's been, and that's how it's always been for years. I mean, that's that's nothing new. Well, oh wait, when does prime when does prime time start during the during the regular the regular week then? Eight. Well, then why don't they ju- why don't they just do it? Uh, oh, uh, okay, I get it. Okay, so so then they do their pre they do their pregame stuff at eight, and then do and then do. Uh, well, they do the pregame, the, but they have a pregame before the pregame because they do uh, the Jimmy Kimmel crap shit before doing the that's actual right. pregame. Yeah, you know. Okay, why so I have no so idea. They do that, but still. That's uh, so. Then that's partially why the 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 times are the way they are. Right. All right. I think I get. I think I get it now. It's. I, I you know I I still I still just don't. And 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 then to, to top it off. What it used to be, the way they used to do it in previous series in previous years. Whenever they would whenever they would go to a to a different city. Like you have the first two games, like like take for example uh, the last yeah. series with with uh, Miami and Boston. 
you would have the first two games in Miami, and then normal, normally what they would do is they would have a two-day break, and then they would, uh, and then they would have, uh, they would start the uh, the two games in Boston. But yet this year, mm-hmm. for some reason, they switched it to only a one-day break, and now they still get, you know they still keep the NBA Finals with a two-day break. It, it, yeah, it just that. doesn't – the scheduling doesn't make any sense. No. I mean, maybe for the NBA – you know, NBA Finals, it's it's done so that, uh, you know, there's more time for injury recovery potentially. But if they're going to do it for thought. the Finals, why not just – why not do it for every other series? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. No. But obviously game two tomorrow night at, uh, at 9 p.m. or no, at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, like I said, it's a must-win game for Golden State because if you go down two games to none well, to Boston, it's I, – well, I guess I – guess a lot of people are considering it a must-win game mm-hmm. for Golden State. I, I still believe, be. I still believe that Golden State could potentially come back from being down two games to none. But oh, sure, no question. Uh, you know, just based off, just based off of what everybody is, uh, what everybody's been saying, it. The worst thing that could happen to Golden State is they go down two games to none because, uh, as Stephen A. Smith put it, you put you go down to you go to Boston down two games to none. This series is over. Over. As he yeah, put it, yeah, really is. The Boston will so, smell blood in the water. They will absolutely TD Bank, TD Garden, whatever. I mean, Boston's going to be a madhouse. That stadium. Yeah. They can't. They simply cannot afford to go into a O2 deficit. Right. And you know another another thing too is somebody is going to have to step up for Golden State because I mean obviously when they had their last title win, you know they had Durant to compliment uh, Steph Curry, and obviously you know Clay Clay Thompson, uh, you know his. His body probably isn't the same after those two devastating injuries that he had back to back. So somebody's going to need to step up for for uh, Golden State because yeah, you're going to have Curry put up his normal points, but if Thompson is potentially limited with how much with with uh, how much production that he has, you can't win. You can't win with just having no. Steph Curry putting up thirty some odd points a night. And Wiggins, he's going to put up yes. 20 anyways. You need somebody yes. like a Jordan Poole, like an Otto Porter Jr. Like, I don't know, maybe Steph or, or maybe a Steve Kerr makes a change and puts in Jonathan Kaminga with some size. You know, it's I, – I think so, something is going to have to be done because obviously, you know – with Golden State, I honestly feel like they look at Boston 
and they see and they they saw Boston's role players, uh, you right. know, being put to use, and they they probably looked at that as a joke. Like, there's no way that you know Boston's role players will be able to will be able to live up to the pressure. But Boston's role players came to play in Game One, so. If Golden State wants to avoid going down two games to none, they yeah. better start taking. They better start taking the non-stars of of Boston seriously. I mean, obviously, Tatum. You have to take Tatum and you have to take Brown seriously, but you know you can't be leaving people like Marcus Smart, like Derek White, like Al Horford open from three. Even Peyton Pritchard. Yeah, they, I'll put Peyton Pritchard in that. Uh, in that. Everyone talks and about the defense, their defense too. Tatum and Brown, but they have a really good uh, group of shooters, like you said. And another thing too, Grant Williams. Look out for Grant Williams because yeah, he yeah. had zero yeah. points. He had zero points in game one. I can assure you that is not going to be the entire series. Yeah. He's a really good – he's a very underrated player. He's only 23 years old. Yeah. Grant Williams just has – just like Tatum, just like Tatum, Grant Williams has had bounce-back games. Now, obviously, they don't necessarily happen immediately after bad games, but I would look for the potential. If we start seeing some of the other role players – uh, get neutralized by Golden State. Don't be surprised if you start to see Grant Williams take more, uh, you know, t- t- take more, uh, take more of an approach towards attacking Golden State. Oh. Yeah. But uh, let's see some other bits of news before we go to talk about the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Jalen Brunson uh, is expected to receive a contract that meets or exceeds four years, 85 mil. So, Who's that? Sorry. Uh, Jalen Brunson of the uh, Mavericks. I, I really think uh, just to, I was thinking about that the other day, a quick response. I think the Knicks, you know, the Knicks are going to try to go after him. Oh, yeah. They can really use him. You know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they try if they tried to shed the salary of Evan Fournier. I would not be surprised at all. They're they're like they're like handcuffed to it. So how do you? I mean, and that guy is just, he plays no D. He's just like such a, he's a streaky shooter. That guy is so overrated. They really uh, broke the bank for that guy. For no, he was like a role player for the Magic, and the Knicks thought he was going to be like a a second or third star for them. It was a ridiculous contract. Right. Well, there's ways. Okay. Of, there's ways of uh, maneuvering around big contracts. I mean, look at Al Horford. Look yeah, that's what, true. Look at what Oklahoma City. Look at what Oklahoma City got for Al Horford. Yeah, that was. They big. gave. Uh, they, yeah. They they ended up getting Kemba Walker. They got a first round pick from Boston in the deal. That's, oh yeah. Steve, that's another guy though. Yeah, the Knicks for money. They got to get rid of Kemba too. He's uh, – I love Kemba. I'm a UConn guy, but he's uh, he's pretty much – I mean, his knees are just shot. I mean, to yeah, bring and actually, Kemba I feel bad. I, 
they're like they're like older, like no defense. Like what kind of and they they get brought in Kemba and Fournier together. That was just poor decision making. I feel bad. I feel bad for Kemba too, because Kemba used to be he used to be one of the bright young point guards in the league. Absolutely. And classy guy too. It it seems like it seems like ever since he, ever since he left Charlotte, or actually no, ever since that final year in Charlotte, his knee his knee just hasn't been the same whatsoever. Yep. And you know that's another thing too. Uh, when we talk about Boston, the thing the the reason why Miami was able to abuse Boston like they did two years ago, yeah, is because. They is because Boston had Kemba Walker. They had Kemba. They had an injured Kemba Walker, and they had an, they had uh, Gordon Hayward just coming off of his devastating injury. And and Milwaukee or not Milwaukee, Miami was able to expose that in the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago. Yeah. This year. Obviously, they did. I mean, yeah, Boston had a had a, a nearly crippled Robert Williams, uh, and Marcus Smart with with injuries, but they weren't nearly as limited as they were with uh, you know w- with Kemba Walker being uh, being injured the way that he was, and that actually cost them more games uh, than it yeah. probably would have had they just sat him. Yeah, good point. I agree. And yeah, I feel bad for the Knicks. I feel bad for the Knicks that they uh that they signed themselves into that uh into that mm-hmm. that situation that they have with Kemba. Uh but I guess it was more of the fact that they wanted more of a playmaker at the uh, at the point guard position and maybe perhaps uh you know, maybe perhaps to take a ease a little bit off of uh, off of Derrick Rose before Derrick Rose obviously ended up coming down with that season-ending injury. Uh, you know, they they probably wanted to put less of the less of the importance on Derrick Rose so that okay, you know. Rose would be would be more free to do whatever whatever he needed to do out there and not have to worry about necessarily making the needed the needed plays when they could potentially go to Kemba Walker for certain uh for certain setups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Uh, let's see that that report for Jalen Brunson was from Mark Stein of uh, Substack, and apparently uh, he also had other news involving Bobby Portis. It sounds like Bobby Portis will officially re-sign with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, to a multi-year deal this off season. Mm-hmm. They they gave him the opportunity to really play a big role, and he won a championship, and the crowd loves him. He's uh, I could he he'll retire a buck. He loves it there. Oh yeah, he will. Yeah, he is. Uh, you know, he's finally found his place in the league, and more particularly with the Bucks. He's, you know, he's one of those impact players. Like he's not. 
he's not a Giannis level type of star. He's not a. Uh, I I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't even call him a role player. I'd say. He's more. He's a budding star, if that makes any sense. Like he, he doesn't have. He doesn't have the stats yet to be at that level, but to be considered a bona fide star. But he is a definite game changer for Milwaukee when he when he is uh, used correctly. I like by, him a uh, lot. Coach I you know what I don't like. Yeah. Uh, just speaking of speaking of Portis, and then you look at their roster, how they use him. I cannot stand Brooke Lopez. The guy is like so slow. I, I think they're much better when Portis was starting at center without Lopez. Right. They, they look better to me. They look better with Portis in there. Right. That's why and, and that, you know. That's back. why I think that's partially why Boston ultimately prevailed because uh, they were able they were facing yeah. Lopez more than they were Portis. And then they put Portis at power forward, and Giannis, they, they, so they went super slow. Like, Portis is not a – he's a really good player, I think, but he's not a quick guy. can't really play Portis no. and Lopez together. So I think Lopez really kind of screwed up the box. I don't know, when he came back. Yeah. I've never right. liked Brooke Lopez. He's on the Nets. The guy's just, like, kind of moves around like quicksand and, like, camps out at the three-point line, even though he's, like, 7-1. Not a fan. Well, blame, 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 uh, blame Brooklyn for making him become a three-point shooter. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember Ethan banging at the University of Stanford, and then he thought he was uh, Reggie Miller suddenly and started shooting all these three points. He hit the side of the backboard and then like walked back on defense. I think I think he's one of the most overrated guys in the league. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's given he's given Boston a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of headaches in prior games. I'll say, but uh, it, it sort of seemed like he kind of faded away the the more that that uh, that that series went on with Milwaukee. So, but for some reason, Milwaukee wants to keep him around. Maybe because of his rebounding, I don't know. But I mean, you take a look at Bobby Portis, though. 14.6 points per game, 9.1 rebounds per game this year. I mean, how do you not look at this guy as as your starting center? Yeah. Or as the guy to uh, uh, maybe it's maybe it's because uh, I don't I don't know I don't know what Lo, what does Lopez uh stand at? What is uh is he 6 foot? Is he 7 foot? Definitely seven foot. Yeah, he's like seven, seven. Okay. Eight. Yeah, he's tall. Okay, that may he's be tall. that may be why he's, I, he's I mean, that may be why he's, he's, tall he's a starter. Yeah, he's tall even for a center standards. Yeah, he's a big. He's he's definitely seven foot. Yeah, that may be why he started then primarily because uh, I'm actually looking it up right now. Twelve point four points per game. Four point. Ooh. Four rebounds. Four rebounds for seven. Four rebounds per game, and yet he was their primary starter. Portis is much better. Well, actually, yep. he did play only thirteen. He was only available for thirteen regular season games this year. Well, yeah, but then they look—they just look and, and feel, and they just play. I think a lot better with Portis playing center. Portis is not. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Portis is 
not like Portis is on even, six three. I mean, Portis Portis is six foot ten. That's big enough for a center in this uh, NBA era. Portis yes. is legit. Center. Even looking at his numbers, looking at his numbers since he left Brooklyn, how the hell is he a starting center? I mean, the last time he had over yeah. over six, the last time he averaged over six rebounds a season was in Brooklyn, where he averaged seven point eight. Since then, it's been since since then the highest that he has averaged is five point four. And actually, I think that might have been. Wait a minute. Let me make sure I have this. Three, four. That was his final season, actually, with Brooklyn. That he averaged five point four rebounds when he when when they made him into a three point shooter. And now since then, he's been focused primarily more on three-point three point attempts than being, you know, an actual center. God, yeah. this is – I. how do you, know you what, not though? go with Bobby Portis over, with, over uh, Lopez? Mm-hmm. No, with, I just remembered with Greek Freak, I mean, if you, like, if you listen to uh, – yeah. I don't know, it's you or me or – or Lou or whoever at Coach Buds, they like they like Lopez next to Greek Freak because it spaces out the floor. He he can bring it. He can open up the paint. Whereas Portis is kind of like True. down low, could almost get in the way of Greek Freak sometimes. Whereas Lopez is True. outside and he he pulls yeah. the defense away from Greek Freak. I don't know. I don't know. I give me Portis seven days a week over Lopez. Oh, I don't right. know. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, mean, I would go with Portis any day of the week. Would, that's how teams, uh, coaching staff would justify uh, playing Lopez, you know, just to, like, open things up for the star players because they'll pull the defense away from the star. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Uh, but at the same time, at the same time, regardless, you know, Antenna Kumpo is going to get to the rim regardless yeah. of whether or not, whether or not Lopez totally. is out there. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, I 100% agree. With no, you. it doesn't matter. Uh, no. Um, yeah, Port and Portis. I mean, I don't know. I would start Portis every day of the week next year. Lopez, I, I would move away from him. Get a younger guy. Yeah. I don't know, the Bucks are younger. They're, I know. Granted, it'll be a late pick, but this is a good draft coming up. They should get a young, athletic big man and just throw him in there with Greek freaking Portis. I was thinking the same thing. They have a bunch. They have a bunch of shoot. I mean, they have Connaughton, Grayson Allen, obviously Jaru. Their backcourt set. Well, so there is Jay, there is there is Jalen Williams they, from Arkansas. They had a rookie in the draft. I, I would go with this. I would go seven footer and kick uh, kick Lopez to the curb. There is Jalen Williams coming out of Arkansas that you could good potentially look that, at. Yeah, there's some good late rounders. Uh, I've been doing a ton of research on like draft. Uh, Draft Express is great. Hoops hype, great NBA sites. There's a lot of right. there's a lot of good bigs coming out that aren't that are not going to be top ten or twenty, like late first round, second round. There's apparently a lot of good <laughs> big men coming out. Yeah, I mean one Col- just Polofo or something. The Arizona guy's like seven foot one or seven foot two, and he's athletic. He's like, and they say he's like a late first rounder, which that's where the Bucks are. It would be wise to move on, to move on from Lopez. 
If they, I mean, if they if they just want somebody who can space out the floor, if they need size, just just draft a draft a kid in the uh, where they where they are in the first round. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that'll save them money right that right there, especially if they're going to be paying Bobby Portis this off season. Absolutely. You know that. Actually, let me look real quick. I I will look real quick at the uh, contract situation. I don't think Lopez. I think Lopez might be one more year. I don't think I don't think he's a free agent. Uh, no, he is a free agent. Actually, I think. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Contracts. Lopez, where is? Yeah, no, he's a free agent. Wait. Wait a minute. No, that can't be. Because it has Bobby Portis listed as a free agent as well. I mean. No, Bobby Portis has a player option, which it looks like he's probably going to decline if it if yeah. it allows him to if it allows him to get a bigger payday. It looks like he's probably going to decline that. Uh Pat Connaughton has a uh, player option which he'll probably take, I would assume. He uh, like Milwaukee, remember Milwaukee's playing him and giving him a lot more uh praise and, and responsibility than Portland. I'm a big Blazer fan. The Blazers didn't really play Connaughton a lot, so he's just yeah, like Porter. He got a great <laughs> opportunity and won a ring, so he's probably in love with uh, being a Buck. Yeah. Yeah. Serge, Serge Ibaka is going to be a free agent. That's going to clear up that's, some space for them. That's no, I would Pat assume Connaughton that was, he is not going to resign. Pat Connaughton was drafted by the Cubs. He throws 99 uh, pitcher. Really? Yeah, he scored uh, Dave Winfield style. No, he he was drafted. He was Notre Dame pitcher, and then he uh, elected to play NBA. Oh wow! <laughs> Baseball Pat. Yep. Yeah, sir. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the uh, at the contracts right now. Serge Ibaka, he accounted for about nine and a half million this year, and. He didn't even play a single. I, I I don't think I even saw him out there on the court during the uh, semifinals. So he's probably gone. Uh, Wesley Matthews. I mean, he's going to be thirty six, uh, yeah, making about. I love uh, old school. Awesome, awesome Blake. West is getting older, and he had Achilles knees. He's had a lot of injuries. West is kind of done. Yeah. Apart from that, there's they're mainly just role players. Uh, I mean, Thanasis Atenakumpo, he's probably going to be brought back anyways because he's Giannis's brother. So you got to keep Giannis uh, Giannis happy. Yeah. But really, apart from them, uh, Kanaten and uh, and Portis are the two most important free agents for Golden State, or not Golden State for uh, for Milwaukee. Yeah, but actually, speaking of Golden State, uh, we do have a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of names on this list. You got Kayvon Looney, you got Andre Iguodala, Otto Porter Jr., uh, 
uh, how do you pronounce his name? Balika? I think so, yeah. Balika. I'm just, yeah. I always push it. Balika. Balika, Gary Payton II, yeah. Damian Lee, Juan Toscano Anderson. Those are your primary free agents for Golden State. So, uh, I mean, Iguodala, maybe they may bring back. But and Kayvon Looney will probably be brought back as well. Maybe. Yeah, I think it depends on where they where they're going to be in terms of uh, cap space. Huh. Boston, though, Boston, they pretty much, they pretty much, uh, their only free agents are, you know, Luke Cornett. Uh, they already have uh, they already have Sam Hauser and Juwan Morgan. Uh, with club options, which they'll probably be brought back. So uh, everybody, for the most part, is locked in for Boston. So Boston's mm-hmm. not going to really lose anybody at the end yeah. of this uh, at the end of this run. So yeah. uh, who was it that I was? that I was looking at for Oh, I complete I completely forget. Uh Oh, Tyler Harrow apparently told reporters uh this past week that he expects to be named a starter for uh for Miami next year. Who's that? Guy? And consider uh what what was that? Who 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 was the name you mentioned? Sorry, I didn't hear. Uh, Ty- Tyler Harrow. Oh yeah, I love that guy, man. Uh, he they have to figure out a way to get him to start. Uh, I mean, he's like the Heat's what second best player, maybe third best player. He's got to start somehow. Mm-hmm. Shooting guard. Oh, he's the sixth. He's the sixth man of the year. So. Yep. You know, sixth sixth so man that, of the year. I, and Tyler's wanted to start or the coaching staff said they're going to make a way to make him start. Well, he said that he wants to start. Yeah. And he said, he basically said, it's my, it's going to be my fourth year in the league. So I would hope I would be starting. Yeah. With the, uh, consider, considering, considering the numbers I've put up and what I contribute to this organization, I guess, you know, actually, let me take a look. Let me take a look at Hero and see where he is in terms of a contract. Because I would assume, with him being, uh, you know, with, with him being a huge part of that Miami uh, of that Miami offense, I would assume that they would probably want to keep him happy. Uh, It does not say when he would be a free agent. Um, oh, here we go. So he is a free agent next year. So huh. it's po- it's possible that uh, if he is if they don't if they don't make him happy, I mean they had Max Struess as as the starter over Harrow in the playoffs. Mhm. And I mean, come on, I get it. Stru- you know, Struess had a couple of uh had a couple of uh of huge uh series 
and he's been a valuable uh, he's been a valuable asset. I mean, yeah. is an elite coach, but that was really poor, like you said. I mean, God, he and he was like stubborn. He would not pull Max Struess out of the game. Lowry and Struess like got the majority of the big guard minutes, and they were not doing anything. But, well, it but, didn't help again, either. It it didn't Harrow help either though that Harrow was injured. Harrow's injured, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And Victor Aladipo used to be awesome. His, he's really uh, he's really struggled with injuries, so he's not the same guy he used to be. So yeah, they kind of had to stay with with Struess. Well, you're not after an injury. Yeah, Oladipo nowadays is fifty fifty. One game, one game, you're going to get prime Oladipo. The next day, you're going to get present-day Oladipo. Yep. It, it, it all it all mm-hmm. depends, really, on, on you know, how he's feeling, I guess, that day. Oh, boy, here comes, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you're watching the uh, the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs right yes. now, but Edmonton, it looks believe. like Edmonton is on the verge of going down three games to none. To Colorado. I'm watching the Cardinals, and then I got the Mets a little bit later. I don't. I don't know how, how Mike Smith lets that go. I, I don't. I don't know how Mike Smith lets that go through. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, my, that my was like a squeaker. But the Cardinals are my second team. My dad's from uh, Missouri. I always root for him. I got a bunch of Cardinals on my fantasy team, so. When I bet a couple bucks here and there, I like I usually take the Cardinals. Cardinals have a great offense. What's that on? Uh, Fox Sports One? Uh, uh, no, on it's that. on T. Oh. Oh, never Which mind. Game? I thought you were talking about the. Uh... No, the Car- the Cardinals game. I have that, uh, Lou. I told you that name of that site. All the games and all the sports for free. I'm watching okay, the Cardinals. you have it on that. Okay. I don't even think we should say that on the air. So. Probably not. Yeah, no, probably but... not. Never happened. Never happened. Uh, we do have, uh, before we go into the Stanley Cup playoffs, we do have a couple of, uh, well, obviously there's the Calder Cup that is currently, uh, the Calder Cup playoffs are currently going on in the AHL. Uh, right now we have a one nothing series lead for Chicago over Stockton and just gone final. Uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds uh, have won against the Lavo Rocket in overtime, two to one, take a one nothing series lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. There, so uh, believe it or not, if Springfield ends up advancing to the Calder Cup Finals, it will be the first time since they were the Springfield Indians that they would uh, that they will have uh, be competing uh-huh. for a chance to hoist the Calder Cup. So uh, that's a little bit of a minor league update. Uh, as far as the bigs go, I got to tell you, Lou, I was wrong about yeah. the Rangers. I was wrong about the Rangers. Yes, you were. I thought I thought <laughs> Tampa Bay, with, with, with the way that they uh, with the way that they play and the offense that they can generate, I thought that they would be too much for for New York. But so far. Yeah, New York has just completely outplayed them in these first two games. Yes. And now, then, uh, you got Kreider, you got Fox, 
the band Jazzine, Haran. I mean, this lineup is solid. Looking at these two teams, though, I with how Colorado has been so hot, honestly, I don't even know yeah. if if either Tampa Bay or New York could beat Colorado in the finals. No, that does worry me. You know, Colorado's been strong all year. So, um, you know, I think that whoever plays Colorado, they're, they're going to lose to them. We've never seen that before. The Devils lost to Colorado in 2001. So, it's likely whoever's going to play against uh, the Avalanche is only going to lose to them. Yeah, I just with, – with with the way that Colorado yeah. has been able to score high in this playoff uh, – in, in these playoffs this year, I just – I don't know if the Rangers can keep up offensively. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Rangers have had, have had a couple of high-scoring games, but, I mean, we literally just saw a shootout, like, what, a couple of games ago between Colorado and Edmonton? Mm-hmm. Where literally they're putting up uh, they're putting up goal after goal after goal, and the first it game was, of this it, series. Yeah, it was the first game, the first game of the series. Uh, Avalanche yeah. beat the Oilers eight to six. Yes. Oh yeah. And then they shut out the Oilers four to nothing in game two. Four nothing. So. I mean the Rangers they did they did beat the Lightning six to two, so I guess maybe perhaps they could kinda they could kinda keep it close goal wise, but yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm kinda skeptical as far as the Rangers go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I far think as the, bit, um well, if know, they man, could I, beat the Oilers if they could beat um Tampa tomorrow, I think they've got this pretty much locked in. They're 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 on fire, man. Uh, the Rangers can do it. They really can. They're up two zero on the defending champs. I mean, they're yeah. playing their best talk in like ten years. I mean, they're they're on fire. But they also they would also be facing a juggernaut in in uh, Colorado. That like yeah. Tampa's in, uh, I don't know. True. But Tampa Tampa hasn't had. Tampa hasn't had those high-scoring games that we're used to seeing from them. Like, all playoffs long, it seems like there's been something wrong with Tampa. You know, not to take anything away from New York, New York is definitely outplaying them in this in this series. And there's not, you know, there's not really any, uh, there's not really any excuse that you can, that you can give, but it it just seems like there's some, there's something off with with Tampa in terms of their scoring. However, yeah. though, it seems like Colorado Colorado seems to be dealing with some injuries. I mean, Andre Burakovsky has taken back mm. he's left back to back games with a with a uh, with a leg problem because he's blocked multiple shots in right. in the first two games of the series. And Nazem Kadri ended up leaving today's game uh, with some sort of issue after he was uh, after he was shoved into the boards by uh, uh, by Evander Kane. Wow. So maybe perhaps injuries yeah. could potentially play a factor in the in the Cup Finals 
uh, when it comes to hmm. de- de- depending on how long uh, right. Burakovsky. Actually, let me check. Let me check if Burakovsky is playing tonight. Um, you know how, how long these these injuries could potentially affect them. Burakovsky, yeah, Bur- Burakovsky's not playing. Burakovsky is out, and it looks like Kadri. Yeah, Kadri's been out since 37 seconds to begin the game. Oh yeah. How long so, is the going that uh, time period? First goal was within uh, 37, 38 seconds into the game. Well, I should say 37 seconds uh, in terms of his shift. Okay. Like when when he was – because I don't think he was out there on the ice when uh, – or no, he was out there on the ice when McDavid scored. Yes. So maybe that must have been – that hit. Wait, no, that can't. Unless he had two quick shifts, uh-huh. where he got taken off of the ice, uh, or he came onto the ice, I should say, as McDavid was scoring, and then he got injured on the very next, uh, you know, the ver- the very next shift. Maybe that might be it. Because I don't think Kadri no Kadri isn't their isn't their first line center. He's their second line center. Okay, yeah, you know I he had to he had to have been uh, he had to have been put into the game just slightly before uh, McDavid had scored, and that's why he was yeah that's why he's listed as a minus one. Yeah, yeah, you know this this uh, this matchup, these two matchups that we're seeing right now. I mean, the Rangers—they just seem to be—they seem—they seem to be capitalizing on on Tampa Bay right now. Uh, obviously, Game Three is tomorrow at 3 p.m. Uh, yes. for for the NHL. Uh, you know, I just. Maybe, maybe, perhaps the Rangers can match firepower with firepower. Uh, it could potentially yeah. come down to who's better between Chester King and uh, let's see, who does Colorado have? Uh, it could come down to you know a goaltending matchup, essentially between Francus and uh, and Chester King. At this point, mm-hmm. because I'm pretty sure you're probably assuming that these that these injuries may potentially linger on into the Cup Finals uh, mm-hmm. that you know Colorado is going through right now. It could potentially come down to a goal ten, to a, a goaltending showdown. I wouldn't doubt it. Where's our buddy from last week, Markinsaw? Uh, he is – actually, it's funny you say that. He is in Omaha right now. Uh, I think uh, it's Omaha, uh, where the uh, the Razorback his Razorbacks are playing. Uh, I believe they're on ESPNU right now. Um, he's a great – a lot of fun. I like him a lot. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure he's going to – he'll probably join us. Obviously, he won't join us tonight. 
uh, more than likely. But he'll probably join us at some point, uh, possibly next week. Uh, He's actually in the process of getting ready for the – like I mentioned at the top of the show uh, before you came on, Alex, uh, we're in the process of getting ready – to interview a couple of uh, a couple of Survivor contestants uh, from previous uh, seasons of the show, and it's going to be on he's, another another. What was that? Is it going to be on this this time slot, or like for another show, or for the Saturday night show? Oh no, not for Saturday. No, not for Saturday night. Uh, it would probably be it would probably be Thursday or Friday, maybe depending depending on what. Uh, Depend, depending on what the uh, what the survivor contestants uh, are able to go with in terms of uh, you know in terms of days that they would be available for. Oh, uh, okay. But he's uh, yeah, I mean he's getting ready for that. But right now he is actually in. It's Oklahoma. Okay, that's where he he is. He's in Stillwater, Oklahoma, for the NCAA tournament that they're doing uh, for for Arkansas baseball. Oh wow! Because they're facing they're facing Oklahoma State right now, and Mm -hmm. from the looks of his Twitter account, it does not look good. So, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just, I'm just taking a look at the other uh, at the other tweets that he sent out. It yeah, it just it does not look uh, it it doesn't look good right now for uh, for the Razorbacks. No, uh, so uh, he's going to be in a pretty rare mood. Um, although I don't know though, it could potentially end in time for him to join us for the extra hour, maybe, but. Yeah, I would expect that we 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 probably might be uh, we might hear from him uh, next week though. Uh, let's see, where is oh we do actually uh, some news in terms of awards. Uh, Carrie Price ended up taking home the Masterton uh, Trophy this year. Yep, which. Obviously, go it goes to it's basically the good sportsmanship award essentially, yeah. Uh, and Price basically got it for his I, I don't know because he only played in five games this season, and then he ended up uh, voluntarily he he ended up voluntarily entering the player assistance program. Right. Uh, to start the season, and then he made his return in April, made five starts where he went one and four with a 3.63 goals against average. So maybe maybe they're giving him this because of the because of the whole player assistance program thing. I don't know. But uh, the other finalists he beat out were Zdeno Chara of the Islanders and Kevin Hayes of the no. Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Daryl Sutter has been named the uh, newest Jack Adams Award winner, which obviously goes to the best coach every single year. Uh, on that's the, the win. 93, yep, that's final. That's final uh, for for Game Three here. So 
once again, we're going to have another Connor McDavid meltdown uh, like we have seen uh, in yeah. every single playoff appearance I'm that still, he has I'm been still, in. Steve, I'm still, I know Lou knows. I'm still, like, learning more and more about hockey. So, I know I know McDavid is incredible. What He gets a what, little temper tantrums? No, it's just that, you know, you know, everybody compared him. Everybody basically compared him to Wayne Gretzky immediately as he came out of, uh, as he came right. out of the juniors. And wow. he was supposed to be the second coming of Wayne Gretzky. And then it just seems like every single year, everything, every year that they make the playoffs, he just completely collapses. Like, yeah, he puts it, he puts up the stats, but Gretzky was a difference maker in in the playoffs. Yes. McDavid, yeah, he has nine goal he has nine goals so far in this playoff run. Nine goals and twenty one assists. But it's like it's pretty much his entire team completely crumbles every single year that he's in the playoffs. It's just tough though. I mean you guys know he he can't do it alone, you know? If they're running into great teams. No, you like, can't try- Charles Barkley not winning a ring. He's still an incredible kick-ass player. I mean, I, from what I hear, McDavid yeah. is just I had to kick his ass. And McDavid, I don't know Edmonton that well. Besides Connor, how, how's uh, Edmonton's goalie and how's their defense? Uh, uh, let me put it this way: uh, you can oh. do better than Mike Smith. Yes, you can do. Uh, you can. You can certainly do better than Mike Smith in that. I'll put it that way. Like. Uh, if I were to choose between Pavel Francouz and Mike Smith, I would choose Francouz any single day of the week. If I were to choose between Shesterkin or Mike Smith, I would choose Shesterkin any day of the week. Yeah. If I were to choose between Vasilevsky or Shester, or uh, not Shesterkin or uh, Mike Smith, I would go with Vasilevsky any day Vasilevsky. of the week. You name you name any single goaltender in the league, that's a starter. And I would go with them over Mike Smith any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Smith Smith spent most of his career uh, dwindling away as a member of the Arizona Coyotes or Phoenix Coyotes. And... You know, he finally go. He he finally comes to Edmonton, and you know, yeah, he's a good goalie, but he's never one of those goalies that is going to win you a series. Basically, so important, so but, important. The guy between the pipes is the so far and away the most important player on the ice is the goalie in hockey. Yeah, but That'll he's never not going to be. He's He's not going to be that type of goalie that's going to stand on his head. Yeah. He's not going to be that type of goalie. Gotcha. So, it's uh, like I said, you can you can you can go with other options than Mike Smith. And looking at the, uh, I mean, looking at Connor McDavid, what he did this year: forty-four goals, seventy-nine assists. For 123 points, you know he's basically he's he's very easily the best player on this team. 
actually, that, those are career highs. Actually, he ha- he just Tell had his Col- best. Wow. Tell me about uh, Colorado a little bit. Are they just Colorado just loaded? Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's bordering on being unfair. I'll put it that way. Seven or eight awesome uh, forwards and just like stacked. I mean, they had a 56-19-7 and seven record this year. Jeez, wow. it's, it's, they were miles away, the, pre, the President's Trophy winners, essentially. I mean, ju- just naming some of, the, some of the top stars off of the top, just going down the list here in alphabetical order, Burakovsky, who is a, a, a huge loss. If he has to miss significant time, that is a huge loss for uh, for Colorado. JT Comfer, Nazem Kadri to an extent, Gabriel Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon. Uh, let me see. Eh, no, Lekinen. Well, kind of. Lekinen is actually pretty good as a third line winger. Uh, Arturi Lekinen. Uh, Miko Rantanen. I mean, hell, like their their top line is probably one of the top top lines in the league. I mean, I'm I, I look, you look at Boston and you see Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak, McKinnon. Wait, Landeskog, McKinnon, and Rantanen is basically their version of Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak. Easily one of the top. Uh, first lines of the entire league. Then on defense, you got Bowen Byram, you got uh, you got Sam Sam Gerrard, Kale McCarr, uh yeah, Kale McCarr, who is probably one of the top young defensemen that they have. They got Ryan Murray. They got uh, Devin Taze. They got Josh Manson, who they got, I believe, in a trade with Anaheim, which made their defense even better. They got Jack Johnson, and they got Eric Johnson. I believe Noah. I, I believe it's uh, they're not related. Um, and then they may potentially they may potentially have the best goaltending tandem in the league too, with Pavel Frankus and uh, Darcy Kemper. I mean, this team, it's like, it's not even fair. It's almost like with this team, if they if they lose and don't win the Stanley Cup, it would almost be like, like, you couldn't take, let me put it this way, the way this team has performed, you couldn't take getting to the Stanley Cup finals as a moral victory, even if they lose. This team wow. is literally so stacked that they're basically yeah. Goliath against David, whether that be the, the Tampa Bay Lightning or the New York Rangers. All right, it's flat out. It's, it's not even fair with, the way, with how stacked this team is, and they're young, too. All right, let me look. Let me look real quick at uh, Landeskog and McKinnon. 
uh, Landeskog, he was out for about 30 games this year. He only put up 59 points, 30 goals, 29 assists. McKinnon uh, was out for about 17 games or so, 88 points, 32 goals, 56 assists. And the thing is, too, is a lot of these players have playoff experience, significant playoff experience as well. I mean, Nazem Kadri, good God, he was part of I don't know how many Maple Leaf collapses of uh, of his uh, playoff career. And actually, yeah, Nazem Kadri for a second line center, eighty seven points this year, twenty eight goals, fifty nine assists. Those are first-line numbers. That's remarkable. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that, oh, whoever wins the East is, is absolutely screwed. I'm not saying that, but it's – with the talent that's on this roster, it is a very high hill that they're going to have to climb. I mean, you know, another another example here, Valerie Nichushkin, uh, who I believe is their second line winger, twenty five points or twenty five goals, twenty seven assists for fifty two points this season. Huh. JT Comfer, well, actually that's kind of low, I think, for him, because only eighteen goals, fifteen assists for thirty three points. So he must have been on the third line then, maybe. Uh, let me check where Burakovsky was. Yeah, Burakovsky was definitely the second-line winger. Uh, Burakovsky, 22 goals, 39 assists for 61 points uh, in 80 games played this season for Colorado. So I, that's a pretty significant loss. If they if Burakovsky can't go uh, potentially for the for the Stanley Cup Finals that's a pretty significant loss. But, you know, I, I guess the, just the bit, the big thing about Colorado is the fact that they just, they just have so much experience. It's it's possible that they may have the experience edge over New York. If New York makes it. That's going to be interesting. I just think, I mean, I still have a lot to learn about current hockey these days, but just the way New York's playing, you've seen it before. I mean, they're they're really uh, fearless and playing really well. And if they can get past Tampa, yeah. I know you're educating me, and I, it sounds like Colorado's amazing, but, I mean, I kept yeah. hearing all these incredible things about Tampa just the past couple of weeks, and, like, the Rangers are kind of taking it to them. I don't know. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and here's the thing, too. <laughs> Here's here's I mean, here's Igor, the thing too. Igor Colorado. Played. Yeah, what's up, sorry. Colorado is playing with their backup goaltender right now. And they're still starter? winning. Did he opt for the playoffs the starter? Uh, I don't know if he got injured or something, but uh, Darcy Kemper before he ended up, uh, he right. must have gotten injured or something because Darcy Kemper was. He was six and two before his injury in the playoffs. Uh, he played in ten games. He was six and two with a two point six five goals against average. And Kemper was actually the starter during the season. He went thirty seven twelve and four 
in 57 games. Meanwhile, uh, as far as their other goaltender, who has been the one that's uh, manning the net so far the past two series, he's 4-0. and Well, actually, technically, I think this makes it 5-0 and now. Uh, 5-0 and in the playoffs. Uh, he went 15-5-1 this year uh, in 21 games for Colorado. So, I mean, this is a pretty uh, – if, if their backup goaltender is performing this well, imagine what's going to happen if Darcy Temper is able to come back. But anyways, uh, we brought uh, we were able to get uh, JB uh, to join the uh, to join the podcast here just before the uh, we went into the third hour. How's it going, JB? Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, it's going. <laughs> I'll bet. All right, we've been, hey, if uh, anything, I'll we, just we, sit here and uh, listen to you guys. Uh, you know, talk. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, well, it's, I mean, obviously, you know, if, if anything we talk about ends up, because uh, I know you're not much, a, you're not much of a hockey fan. You're more of a, uh, you're more of football, uh, maybe, ball. Uh, maybe baseball. Yeah, kind of football, a little bit baseball, uh, a little bit reds, more, more reds than uh, anything. And uh, a little bit UFC, so, and I haven't really been following up on UFC. Honestly, I haven't either because they're, quite frankly, uh, you know, there hasn't really been any okay. fights that have that have really uh, that have really piqued my interest at all. So, it's. It's weird to say that, considering I spent watching UFC. I, I spent years watching the UFC, like almost religiously, and yeah, so and I. now I can't even. Now I can't. I can't even. I can't even watch the UFC anymore for some reason. Yeah. But uh, we do actually have some football news because there's. It looks like uh, Deshaun Watson is in trouble once again, and yep. apparently there's been yet another woman who has come out against him. Twenty-three. Uh, a 23rd civil lawsuit. Uh, according to the petition, the plaintiff, quote-unquote, changed her mind about filing a lawsuit after she watched an, a real sports piece from HBO that aired last Tuesday. Now, first off, he was cleared to begin with, and now all of a sudden, this woman decides, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna file charges now." And keep in mind, she's uh, she is re- she, she's represented by the same person by the same lawyer uh, who represented the 22 other women uh, that are trying to uh, seek a payday from Watson during this whole thing. So to me, it just, it, it almost seems like this is basically a money grab now, a money grab attempt. 
because how do you not come forward at the beginning of this whole thing? And this just happens to take place after he got that massive. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of Antonio Brown. When Antonio Brown got cut from the Raiders. When he got cut from the Raiders and then signed with the Patriots. And he got got a... uh, Actually, that even that didn't make any sense. Why they would go after Brown uh, when he when he got cut from the Raiders uh, with that massive contract? You would think they would have gone after him when he had that massive contract if you wanted to get money out of him. But honestly, it does, it I guess it shouldn't come as a shock that this that this woman all of a sudden has decided to file charges after. He has signed that massive guaranteed money deal with uh, with the Cleveland Browns. And it just, I mean, it's probably not great news for uh, no. the time for the timetable in terms of uh, Watson's return to the NFL, especially if another woman is coming forward here like this and now he he's going to have to basically start the whole damn process all over again uh i guess that you know that kind of makes sense now maybe as as far as to why uh they're keeping baker mayfield for the time being why would you want to keep him because who else are they going to have if, if watson if watson is unable to play well, still due to being due to potentially being on the commissioner's exempt list you know what? How uh, who who else are you gonna are you gonna start in place of Watson? I can't find anybody. No. Yeah, I know, but still, I, I mean, you know, we couldn't find anybody better. I mean, unless they're gonna bring in Kaepernick. Uh. That would be the only the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I know. If they were if they were to decide to bring in Kaepernick to to play for uh, otherwise otherwise, you know, it makes sense now as to, as to why they uh, as to why they hung, hung on to Mayfield. But if this does go south, I would hope that Cleveland has some sort of clause in that contract to where they can nullify it. Thank you. If he ends up, if he ends up having to miss time because of that, imagine how, how bad that looks on the organization. The fact that they yeah. gave up all of this, they gave up all of this draft capital to acquire Deshaun Watson in the first place. And now it seems like the never-ending stream of lawsuits is gonna is gonna pick back up here. I mean, I I don't know. I it just it just seems very fishy to me that uh, yeah. that this woman has all of a sudden decided to pick back up with the law. Uh, you know, to pick back up and uh and file a lawsuit now. 
as opposed to when the other women mm-hmm. uh, going along with the other women in doing it. Uh, it looks like uh, Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. Uh-oh. He is out of uh, he is out of legal uh, out of legal trouble from what it looks like. Uh, Money. Money. A motion. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, my, I'm sure uh, his bank account helped out his uh, made his legal woes go away. Well, who Judy? I'm just joking around. Right. I mean, usually, usually, uh, if you're loaded, rich, he'll still in it. But I guess so. Judy, what did it get tossed out? He like damaged a, uh, his ex girlfriend. He damaged yeah. like a piece of property. He wasn't. He didn't put his hands on anyone. Yeah, no, it was it was a cell phone. Yeah, I mean, and come on. Apparently, apparently, uh, a motion a motion was filed to dismiss second degree domestic tampering charges against them. Uh, and also, wow. it looks like the misdemeanor the misdemeanor charge will be tossed out uh, after he was originally arrested on May twelfth for Please. a second for a second degree Please. criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer, as they called it. Uh, the woman involved in the case told a judge this month that she didn't consider Judy a threat. So now. Right. The, the the Broncos still apparently will be awaiting potential punishment from the league uh, in oh. regards to, to Jerry Judy. Interesting. You never know. So I'm not trying to – I never uh, – I'm certainly the opposite of a sexist, but you never know when it comes to these big athletes. Some girls just want to try to do something or make something happen. And they were for money. money and publicity. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, right. just make a fast buck. You never know. Those guys are a target. Those, bank accounts are, those guys are a target. They can get blackmailed. They can get uh, – people can make what a lot about. Yep. They're a target. They got money. And they want a piece of it. Uh-huh. And, and it's not only uh, NFL either. Oh, it could be a guy. Mm-hmm. It could be a guy living in a mansion uh, down the street from you. I mean, there's, there's yeah. money that you can create problems, and there's gold diggers, and then there's girls that'll frame you. They could yeah. uh, slap slap themselves and run some mascara and say you just punched them. <laughs> you know, it's like Amber Heard. There's sick, sick people out there, sick women. And yeah, really. Yeah, just look at just look at Amber Heard. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. disgusting. Yeah. That happens a lot. I've known people around me that are not famous, but I, I, it's hit close to home even. Uh, people can yeah. get framed or but girls, they can make up some crazy stuff. And you know why? And I, I'm, 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 I'm obviously going a little bit off, uh, a little bit off topic there because it's not sports. No, it's a, but it's, a good topic. Uh, it's With Amber Heard and Judy. It's a relevant topic, too. Storm. Yeah, it's literally it's literally what Amber Heard told Johnny Depp. Yeah, try try and call, yes. try and call the cops on me. Uh, try and call the cops on me for domestic violence. Who's going and to believe that a man? Who is going to believe yeah. that a man is being assaulted by a woman? And she was and she was. Right. You guys like thought 
she was she you guys thought she was like filming him when he was drunk. I mean, obviously not a good look. No no one's perfect, but I mean he but he's not like a violent guy. He has a couple of bad habits, a lot of people do. But yeah, I mean she yeah. was literally trying to like actively blackmail. I mean he's she's filming him when he's intoxicated, like what are you doing, Johnny? Are you drunk again? And he's like, Wait a second, are you filming me again? Like she's she's like yeah. trying so hard to uh Are you stoned? Pretty much frame him. She's framing him. Yeah, she was trying to film yeah. the worst. She was trying to film the worst of him, probably. Yeah. Or not yeah. probably, I, definitely. You know I had someone did that like eight years ago to me, like, I, the, and then they'll just create some drama out of it. Not, not, not that kind of stuff, but like, girls can get crazy, man. They yeah. can get crazy. They're out there. Well, it's called girls gone wild, you know. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but it's sorry, you know, sorry. It's just, it's, it's, it's just. The fa- the fact that uh, you know all of a sudden it, it is relevant to these two to these two stories the uh, the Deshaun Watson story. I mean he was he was found not guilty on all counts and all of a sudden you get this twenty third woman coming in. Yeah, it's you know what it is. It's Tony Busby basically saying I need somebody to continue my fifteen minutes of fame here to right of course to keep my name in the headlines. Yeah, and even the way well, um, you know, it's... even even how she was uh, not to not to keep going back to Amber, but it's still relevant. That just to my closing point on her. I mean, you guys thought like in the trial, she was just a bad actor, a bad actress. She was like fake crying and like they would walk near each other like during a court break, and she would act like yeah. you know, she was a a monstrous murderer. Like she would like shake. Like like she was scared of him. It was all a it was all a yeah. just yeah. pathetic. Yeah. And then oh, you know and, what? Car- she, uh, karma's a definitely. Fiat. Now now she owes him yes. fifteen million, uh, and she's not yeah. going to get another high paying job. She's never going to pay that fifteen million. She's like she's blackballed. She's tarred yeah, and feathered. Got, no uh, one's hiring her. No one's no one's hiring her for a big role. Uh, any role. She might be like a she might be a porn star to make money. I mean, come on. What? How she yeah, make right. fans? Or OnlyFans. OnlyFans. Yeah, not going to make an honest living with what she just did. No, you won't. And you, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of seeing it here with. Uh, she'll marry. She'll marry, she'll you know, marry a multi-million. All... She get. She'll, she might marry like a seventy-five year old that'll pay off the bill. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, but yeah. I hear. I hear. If uh, if anything to go uh, if if there's anything to go off uh, in terms of reports, apparently she's more into women. So okay, oh she's yeah, okay. Uh, Appar- appar- apparently John apparently Johnny Depp turned her gay. I don't know. Wow. She's a brute. Women and there's there's plenty of women that uh that go both ways too. There's a lot of interesting yeah. females. <clears throat> Yeah, there's yeah, but, women out you know, there with some money too. Shit. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just there's this whole the, just the whole thing with in ter- in terms of uh you know, Deshaun Watson. He like like Lou said he got cleared of all charges and then all of a sudden this new thing get, uh this new lawsuit gets slapped onto him. Yeah, it's, like what the hell? It's it's basically you know, they're they're try, they're trying to, to to keep their name in the headlines essentially. 
like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna go after him if it uh, if it takes every single uh, every single uh, yeah, every yeah. single fiber in our being, basically. Reminds Even me of the song by so Eric Clapton. Nobody knows you when you're down and out. Uh, that's mm, a great call. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And if you look at the, if you look, read the lyrics, it's like, it is so true. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, man, that's a, that's a great, uh, great call by you. Yeah, it's very true. It's like when yeah. you, when you, and sometimes sadly when you need someone, when you're on top of the world, though, you got a lot of fans, you got a lot of haters, and those girls smell that money and yeah. they go after, they go after you. And then all of a sudden, hey. <laughs> Hey, I can be your friend. <laughs> Even oh, yeah. more than that. Oh, these girls, these girls, these girls will meet up. They'll they'll find out where the, uh, a professional team is staying at a hotel. They'll show up dressed up, go get drunk and sleep with the guy and try to get pregnant, and then walk out and file a lawsuit. And the guy's paying them a million a year for the rest of their life. Yeah. I mean, groupies and uh, you know, leeches. Yeah, rip their elite, dress a little bit, much. and uh, or rip their dress and call the cops and say, "Yeah, he, uh, he did something to me." Uh, oh, this this, this uh, African American, oh, this man. huge guy, this huge guy attacked <laughs> me. Yeah, and they're just get they're, they're just getting money out of it. Yep. Yeah. And it's sad. Yeah, you know, too, it's, really. it's, it is it is definitely it is definitely Dumb. Uh, a sad state. But, a sad but, state. But I will say. That, to swivel back to uh, Deshaun, though, when there's smoke, when there's about 80 different things of smoke, there's definitely fire. I mean, 23 girls that don't know each other. There has to be. That, that's a, that's a, that's, that's, he's guilty of that. But do you really believe somebody goes, toward, goes to that he's many masseuses? He apparently does. He's like some fetish. I just, there's no way 23 girls, like, randomly conspired. You know what I mean? One person, nope. That, that's too much activity. He's definitely doing something wrong. Nothing would surprise yeah, me. We don't know what it is. Yeah, he'd apparently pay oh you know a couple thousand dollars for random girls. He, his agent would help. His friends would order the girls. Wow, that girl's hot. Message her and ask him. Yeah, ask if yeah. she'll take a thousand bucks to to rub down a a star quarterback. So the girls were lining up, and then he right. was missed. Uh, Mistreating him. Yeah. Mm. Well, may, maybe, maybe, perhaps Jim may call us in a in a good mood next week after all, because uh, <laughs> when his Razorback, his, when we last uh, mentioned him, his Razorbacks were down. Now all of a sudden, they have apparently scored eight runs and they're up sixteen to ten. Oh. Let's go, boss. Oh the Mets, the Mets, my god. The Mets are finally, uh, the Mets are actually winning uh while they're in Los Angeles finally. They're up five to four. Oh wow. It's a miracle. It, they just scored four runs, uh they scored four runs last inning. But they have like a very uh average pitcher and they're playing a potent Dodgers, so I'm sure there's well, gonna be more runs coming. It's only the fourth inning. The Dodgers are gonna keep scoring. Yeah, but who's pitching it though? Uh David Peterson who's He's decent. He's like a number four or five. And then uh, the Dodgers have Walker Bueller. He surrendered their eighth. Five runs. Walker Bueller, okay. That's are waking up. 
Yes, Chelsea Gray. You know, actually, it's 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 funny. Uh, you know, we bring up baseball. Believe it or not, uh, the Red Sox, despite having their record the way it is right now, actually, let me take a look at the standings. Let me make sure it's still all right. It's only the third inning. Here. The Mets. It's five four in the third inning. The the Dodgers game. Wow. The Red Sox, despite despite their twenty six and twenty seven record. They're a half game out of the wild card. That's crazy. <laughs> and and they'll, they'll, make a, they'll make a couple of I don't know. They're they're in a weird spot, though, because two of their best players, Bogarts and J.D. Martinez, are pending free agents. So are they going to sell yeah. or are they going to go all in and bring in more, more mercenaries? I don't know. They're, they're not dead, so they might, they might uh, add some reinforcements. No, they're uh... – they're they're a half game out of the third because apparently I forgot there are three wild card spots now. So yeah, and, and now, uh, they're and now a half they, game. They, wow! Now that now they and they cannot yeah. justify, they cannot justify you know moving two of their stars. No. If they're this close, now they yeah. got to go all in for their fan base. They exactly. got to go all in and probably add add a couple of bets at the deadline. Because I mean they just destroyed Oakland. Uh, the last two, the last two nights, they completely destroyed Oakland. So they're always hovering. They're, uh, always, they're always, they're always alive. The Red Sox are always dangerous, whether you like them or hate them. They're always around. Well, recent years, no, because they have been in last place in a few years ago. So not always dangerous. Yeah, and uh, a friend, of, a friend of mine uh, who actually. Uh, he hasn't joined us for any sports podcasts for some reason. He joins us for the Survivor podcast, but he's uh, pretty ticked off at me the fact that uh, his boy Nick Pavetta, who uh, used to cause apparently so much frustration for the uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies, is now all of a sudden on a five-game winning streak, a five-start winning streak, I should say. Wow. So, yeah, how, wow. Yeah. How, how did uh, how did Steve feel uh, last week when the Reds took uh, you know beat Boston uh, three you know two games out of three? You know, honestly, I had no idea they were even facing the Reds last week. Yeah, they did. I, I honestly, it, I didn't even know. And it was at because Boston I, I was, too. Because I was busy, I was. I I know the one game that they, uh, the one game that they that that the Red Sox won was because of Whitlock. I know that much, but that was uh, the last one that I was, they played. I think I was mainly paying attention to the uh, to the Celtics uh, this week, so that could partially be why I wasn't. You know, I was because normally I do watch baseball, but. I mean, you know, Celtics make the NBA Finals. You know, there's yeah a pretty a pretty good chance that I'm not going to uh, focus on anything else, basically. And right. I know one thing. I know one thing. I won't be focusing on hockey next year because uh, <laughs> let me just bring up the amount of uh, the amount of surgeries that the Bruins have had. Uh, this week. Oh yeah, you mean the mass unit now? 
Yeah, they have no they have no Marchand for uh, for a couple of months to start the season. Yeah, I know. They have no McAvoy to start the season. McAvoy's he out. just had hip surgery. He he just had I think it was hip surgery. Yes. Uh, they had obviously Bergeron. They they can't. They don't have enough money to re-sign Bergeron. So unless Bergeron takes a takes a less money, chances are they probably won't have Bergeron next year. Uh, Grizzly yeah. Matt Grizzlick Matt Grizzlick uh, McAvoy's partner is Grizzly, injured, yeah. and he had surgery, uh, I believe. So he's out for a couple of months to start the year. So basically, the starting lineups for next year's Boston Celtics or Celtics, the Boston Bruins, they look like potential, a potential lineup that you would see in a in a bottom ten or bottom five team. Yeah, where you would have you would have Eric Howla as your starting as your as your top line center. Alongside David Pasternak and Taylor Hall, you would have DeBrush Raider with with Charlie Coyle and uh, and Smith for your second line. You would have Trent right. Frederick moving up to the third line, and he could barely do anything on the fourth line. It basically, no, your entire fourth line would move up to the third line, and you would have. <laughs> You would have Nick Foligno, who did jack shit this year with the, with the amount of money he was getting paid. Uh, I would just by Chris Wa- joined by Chris Wagner, who spent the entire year in Providence, uh, and also Mark McLaughlin, who, I mean, honestly, I would probably rather have him as my third line center than uh, than Noshik. I think Noshik is probably better off as a fourth line center. And then, as far as your defense goes, you have Hampus Lindholm with uh, paired up with Brandon Carlo. Lord help that top line. Uh, you have Derek Forbert with with Connor Clifton, and you have Mike. Well, actually, here's another injury. Mike Riley is going to miss uh, a couple of uh, months to start the season. So you're going to have Jacob Zaboral, who's going to be returning from from surgery. Uh, paired up with, I don't fucking know. I don't know who's going to be the uh, uh, the uh, right-handed defenseman on the third line for yeah. for Boston. It's it's looking like like Lou said. It's looking like a like an absolute mash unit in Boston next year. I would be stunned wow. if they even make the playoffs. But hey, at least at least that at least then Cam Neely couldn't surely couldn't blame it on the coaching if they sucked. Because I mean, you take a look at the number of players that they're going to be missing, and all of them are studs. Wow. But anyways, anyways, my uh, my little rant on that is over. Uh, there was unfortunately a uh, death this past week. Uh, Cardinal uh, cornerback Jeff Gladney was killed in a car accident on Monday morning. 
Uh, Originally selected in the first round by the Vikings uh, in 2020, he ended up being waived after his rookie season following domestic violence charges where he was found not guilty. And he was ready to resume his career uh, after missing all of last year. But uh, unfortunately, he lost his life in a early morning car crash on Monday morning. Yeah. When it comes to, I seriously, I'm sorry. Who was that? I apologize. Who who lost it? Jeff Jeff Gladney. Gladney. Uh, He was a he was a a young a young cornerback. Was he really good? Not that it matters so much in the grand scheme of things, but was he a young player? He was a young player. He. he ended up being waived after yeah. his rookie season due to uh, due to domestic violence charges, where he was found not guilty. Mm-hmm. And, wow! But the Vikings the Vikings decided instead of instead of sticking with him through the entire thing, the Vikings decided, eh, we should cut our losses right now while we can. Yeah. And he missed all of last year. Uh, he was expected to return to uh, to the game of football this year with the Arizona Cardinals, and ultimately this past Monday morning he ended up uh, he ended up getting killed in a uh, in a car crash. Yeah, we're sure. Yeah. Now. As far as Antonio Brown goes, it sounds like, uh, according to according to an interview that he had during one of those fan-controlled football games, uh, he said his chances of playing in 2022, he said, nah, don't play yourself looking at me to play. So it looks like Antonio Brown's career is likely over. As he's also looking at the Steelers to try and sign a one-day retirement contract. Huh. Mm-hmm. So he it looks loves, like uh, if this is it, if quiet. this is it for he him, loves, he loves the spotlight. Got to be about him. Oh yeah. Got yeah. to be about him. And it appears, and, and then that, it appears, a week, uh, the week after that, he'll sign with uh, Jacksonville, and then you know, get in a fight and retire again. Whatever. Whatever. It appears though he it appears he's content with having his last his last <laughs> image in the NFL being him quitting on the Buccaneers in the middle of a uh in the middle of a of a game against the Jets. Uh, that's, while that's, throwing uh, that's various bits going, of his gear. Going out on quite a high note. Yeah, and doing jumping jacks in the fucking end zone. That's that's uh, that's, that's how we could actually envision a person like Antonio Brown going out. <laughs> yeah, you want he would do you that. Wanna look at, you want to open up a study on on uh, on CTE? You <laughs> might want to take a look at Antonio Brown. Insanity okay. too. Oh yeah, that's right. The perfect Bengals hit, man. A lot of people have mentioned that he got he got murdered over the middle against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe that yeah, was Monte's that hit perfect. Up? It yeah, was, was Vontae's perfect. Heat-seeking missile, uh, dirty middle linebacker. 
Yeah. Vontae's perfect, and that's not the only time that perfect has had a hit like that. I'm and, sorry. I, I, I wish injury on no one, but I, I love thumpers. I love guys that will take people's heads off, you know, in that sport. Yeah. But, yeah, that's – when it gets to the CTE stuff, no one wants to see that. Yeah, no. perfect was good at that, the doing that stuff. Yeah, clean people's clocks over the middle. Yeah. I mean, he's a, fir- a first a first time, or I mean, a, f- a first time, a four time first team All Pro. He'll finish inside the top twenty five in career receiving yards. Uh, right now, he's looking at on the borderline of being a Hall of Famer, but considering his considering his off field antics and on field antics, I guess you could say too. Yeah. That la- that last thing by the uh, that he did to the Buccaneers may actually keep him out of the Hall of Fame for many years. Okay, because because the media votes on it, right? Yeah, it's kind of cool. So, I think it's I think it's safe to say that. Well, obviously, we've probably seen the last of Antonio Brown, and. Looks like chances are, yeah, uh, he won't be making the hall. Uh, we did have not a they... notable. We did have a notable retirement, though. Uh, the Fitz magic is officially over, with Ryan Fitzpatrick officially retiring after 17 and NFL about seasons. Time. <laughs> fun, fun fact: Fitz magic has more career passing yards than Troy Aikman. And Troy Aikman is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's true, world champion. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, he he definitely has the record, I think, for uh, for the amount of teams to suit up with. I would. No, I liked him. How he didn't sustain? I don't know how he didn't at least build like a three or four year run with one team. He literally always was on one year contracts everywhere, and the guy could throw the ball. It's because he didn't want to. That's the thing. Was he never wanted to? He never wanted to play for the same team more than a couple of years. That's crazy. Strange. Yeah, it's weird. He was always good. It's weird, but it's true. If I were like a middle, you know, a nine or eight win team, I would sign him for three or four years. But he just kept bouncing around everywhere. Yeah. By the way, a quick update on Evander Kane. It looks like it, there's a possibility he could be suspended for his hit on Nazem Kadri uh, t- tonight in the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, he has enough trouble. So I mean, it doesn't really matter because it doesn't really matter because it looks like Game Four is probably going to be the last game, anyways. But uh, just a little bit of a note there. And Kadri, it has been officially announced that he will be out for at least the rest of the series. So, whether it's one game, whether it's whether Edmonton somehow extends this to seven games, uh, it looks like Nazem Kadri will be out for the rest of the series, according to Elliot Friedman. Um, and who knows? Uh, that might mean he could potentially be out uh, for at least maybe half of the uh, of the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, 
But from what it sounds like, it sounds like it is not good uh, on the uh, no. Nazem Kadri front after his uh, after his injury tonight. Uh, but yeah, you know, going back to Fitzpatrick though, I mean, he frequently outshined so many first round quarterbacks out of all the, out of all the teams that he was put on. Yeah, he really did. Yeah. I don't know. And he was also no, he also threw a lot of picks. I always liked the guy. He was, he seemed like a great leader, but I guess he just wasn't loyal. Uh, So maybe not quite a great leader. I, I don't know. Strange, pretty uh, unique person. And he was also known for never shaving his beard, too. So he yeah. probably had the record for the biggest beard of any quarterback ever. Which yeah. is pretty uh, noteworthy. It's impressive. But he finishes his career with 223 career touchdowns, 129 career picks, uh, 34,990 <laughs> passing yards, uh, pass uh, or a completion percentage of sixty point seven percent. He also had two thousand six hundred and twenty-five rushing yards for twenty-one rushing touchdowns as well to end his wow. career. Pretty good. Pretty and darn good. The, I mean, long, yeah. longevity will help anyone's career with stats. It's like you know, a baseball player that hits two hundred home runs like eighteen-year career. But yeah. Fitzpatrick had a long, pretty pretty good run. And he was with nine different teams throughout his entire career. Including the Jets, yes. I think he was he started best, out what, with maybe, Dolphins, maybe that was his, his peak. I don't know. Uh, Buffalo, I think. Yeah. Wait, hang on. I th- I want to say Buffalo, but you could be right. It could be uh, what's it called? Miami might have been his best. Let me see. Nah, he went ten and six with uh, with New York one year. Thirty one touchdowns, fifteen picks. Huh. Uh, let's see. What was his completion percentage? Fifty nine point six. Yeah. You know his best. I mean, his best year was in 2015 with the Jets when he went 10 and six as a starter. So that honestly, that could have been his best year because he set a career high in touchdowns. I don't know, man. I'm I, uh, whatever. I, I tend to I fall in love with colorful, like interesting athletes, but uh. I don't, I'm an Eagles fan. I I would not mind like a Fitzpatrick with their loaded team now. I, he could still play for a good team. Right. I'm saying. Yeah. Six four Mets right now. He could throw uh, the ball. Imagine uh, him with uh, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Fitzpatrick would throw forty touchdowns on the Eagles. They're on a good offense now. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a big Hurts fan either. So I'm just thinking outside the box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could I, like I could definitely see Fitzpatrick like still working as a backup. I can I like quarterbacks that can play, really? you know, forty yard spirals. Not a not a big hurt guy yet. He's got a lot to prove. I guess maybe it's because the fact that he couldn't be a starter with Washington 
this year. Yeah. Because he only played in yeah. he only played in one game. He only played in one game and he threw six pass attempts. So that's just a to- mm. the totally toxic, <laughs> really, really ridiculous uh, front office. Though I mean, now they they brought in Carson Wentz. I mean, come on, that's just a bad, a, a, not a, not a smart football team. Yeah, but you know, it's very surprising though the fact that he was able to drag out the, his career as long as he was able to. The fact yeah. that the fact that he played in 166 games total and started 147 throughout his career and was able to make millions of dollars, uh, you know, being a quarterback from what Harvard, I think, or was it Yale? Yeah, Harvard. Yeah, Ivy League. No, no, Harvard. I think he's correct. Harvard. Definitely, definitely not Yale. Yeah. I, I'll look it up real quick. I, yeah, it was Harvard. Sure. It was Harvard. Harvard. Yeah, it yeah, was Harvard. Harvard. A, a seventh, a seventh round pick in twenty in two thousand and five by St. Louis. That's that's an a accomplished. Seventh, that's quite a story. I mean, coming from the Ivy League, he he did have a pretty good, damn good career. Yeah, to I'll give be, you that. To be a seventh, to be a seventh round pick and and be in the league for seventeen years, I'd say that's a hell of a career. From Harvard, yeah, from Harvard. Playing, like, for, not, I mean, they're obviously awesome athletes from like the best, but they're not. It's not SEC. I mean, he's going against like 240 pound defensive linemen, and then to play all these years in the NFL—that's a huge jump from the Ivy League. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a drastic difference, and yet. Yeah, yeah, he was still able to make it. Uh, you know, he was still able to make. I wouldn't say a successful NFL career, but you know, he actually at he, least he, he hit some good moments. Yeah, I mean, it's not not you know Tom Brady or like a Kurt Warner story, but he had a good run. Right, Kurt Warner. Like right. Really? <laughs> I only said that no because that was like you know went from bagging groceries right. to playing. But you know, he still had like an some adversity and. Just again, coming from the Ivy League, it's pretty pretty remarkable. Not a Hall of Famer. Oh, I forgot about. I forgot about this. We did have another death uh, this week. Former Cowboys yes. and Bears running back Marion Barber was found dead in Frisco, Texas. Uh, he was tough. According to tough. according to according to the report, I guess I don't know if it's still like this, but his the cause of his death is currently unknown. Right. I don't know if it's still that way or or if they have any any updates, but uh it said that he had battled some he had battled some mental health issues post retirement, so maybe right. it had something to do with his mental health. And maybe maybe that had to do with C T E. Remember that guy was a bowling ball. He would he would hit defenders. That's true. Yeah. Could have, it could have guy, potentially had something to do guy, with CTE. That guy, he invited a collision. He was a tough running back. Yeah, I mean, we saw, you know, we saw, we saw uh, the effects of CTE with Junior Seau when he shot himself. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible. Sorry, 
start Eagle. He was an Eagle safety back with Buddy Ryan, with Reggie White, and those awesome Eagles defenses. Andre Waters, um, he was a preacher and married with, like, six kids, and he was a high school coach, and he committed suicide, yeah. like, five years ago, if you guys remember that. And, no one, like, no one saw that. He was a family man, pastor, coach. CTE will yeah. just take out anyone. It's, it's, it's really sad. Now his fam his family wait hang on. Uh, his family has decided to donate his brain to CTE research apparently. Classic. From that's uh, good. wait yeah, right. oh no 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 they actually that's a bit misleading. Uh, Sports Illustrated really should do a lot better with their uh, with their uh, headlines. It says here, Marion Barber family decides on donating brain to CTE research, but yet it says for a tagline, it says the Barber family will not be donating his brain to CTE research. So which one is it? Are they donating it or are they not donating it? Yeah, that's what I can know. Interesting. But it said here that uh, police arrived on the scene on Thursday afternoon to perform a welfare check after a neighbor reported a water leak from Bar- from Barber's apartment. Wow. Um, says they are ruling out, the, according to his father, uh, they are just using tissue as they dig Wait, further really? into the cause of death. Uh, they are ruling out things. They haven't seen any trauma, no foul substances in his body. His lungs were in working order. The heart and veins around the heart were good. They are ruling things out. So there's no official word as far as to what exactly caused his death from what it sounds like. Huh. Very sad. Like there was no, there was no foul play or anything. Um, Apparently there was a lot of decomposition though, so he had to have been he had to have been dead for quite a while. And actually, that's part of the reason why uh, it says he will not they will not be donating his brain to CT research. Uh, he was real specific in his will that he didn't want that. Uh, he said we are going to respect that, but in the condition his body was in, according to the examiner, that probably would have been a moot point anyways because of the decomposition. So he had to have been yeah. dead for quite some time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. For this, if they're if they're talking about about decomp, they he had he had to have been dead for at least a couple of days, maybe. Huh. Uh. Let's see. Okay, uh, yeah, that, um, well, I didn't notice this, but apparently Deshaun Watson's attorney, it, he made quite some sort of remark about uh, about the term happy endings, and uh-huh. apparently it's unraveling before his, uh, the defense is unraveling before his very eyes, because now all of a sudden, uh, his huh. attorney said this said these comments on the air, 
And this has basically apparently caught uh, caught wind like wildfire, basically. And now it's spreading everywhere. Wow. So maybe perhaps the Deshaun Watson case isn't closed as of yet. Even uh, with that... I'm no angel. I, whatever people are doing different things sometimes. Right. There's got. There's so None much. Smoke. There's so much smoke there. There's, he's got to be guilty of a lot of, of a lot of something. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty fourth lawsuit a, against Deshaun Watson <laughs> will no, be filed on Monday. Oh, there's going to be another one. Yes, it says twenty fourth lawsuit. This was uh, 14 hours ago by NBC Sports. 24th lawsuit against Deshaun Watson will be filed on Monday. So really, there's a way. So if they do file it on Monday, it'll be the 24th. So you're right. There is 23, but if it is filed on Monday, it'll be the 24th. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Hey, the only reason I said uh, I'm no uh, the, the reason I said I'm no angel. I was, I was trying to quote uh, Greg Allman. I like the Clapton quote before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Deshaun's. Uh, I, can Cleveland void that contract? I don't know. I, I mean, don't know if they can. I don't think that. I, 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 so I would much, think that there so has to money. be something. Yeah. yeah, I would think there has to be something in it for them to do so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Like there, there'd have to be some sort of uh, like he would have to go away. For some time, or he would have to have violated some sort of some sort of uh, morals clause or something. Yeah, and, and you yeah. know what? Now that I think about it, you know his agent and his team—they uh, probably have a lot of protection in the contract that he signed. Like, so you know, they didn't just sign a regular contract. I'm sure he's kind of protected, or else he wouldn't have agreed to go to Cleveland. That that wasn't his top destination at all. Who want to go to Cleveland? No, so so he kind of feels like he's doing them a favor. I'm sure that I'm sure that they put something in the contract where either way he's getting paid probably. Right. I would assume I would assume that Other, you know with him having been yeah, otherwise he wouldn't agree to go to Cleveland. Right, you know with him having been out all this time because because of this. There was, I would assume there would probably have to be some something put in there. Because otherwise, why else would he move? I, I mean, I shouldn't even say that because, uh, you know, he. I think he hated Houston anyways because of their ownership. Mm. Because... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how true this is because not only was the Houston Rockets owner racist, but apparently so was the Texans owner. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, like I said, I don't know how true that is, but 
uh, I know it, it kind of played a little bit of a part in him wanting to wanting to even leave. Period. Yeah. Who knows? So. I mean, they were trying to get rid of him because he wasn't a good guy, and then they might be saying, oh, well, it's because he's racist. That's why I got rid of him. Uh, hopefully he's not, but he, uh, who knows? There's always two sides of the story. Well, well no, he is. demanded a trade. So, oh, yep. Yeah, he demanded a trade for the most part. Right. He was basically he was basically begging uh, Houston to trade him. I remember that. He was practicing on another field. He wouldn't even be around his teammates. No. So, I mean, it's obviously, you know, mm-hmm. right now he he's in a he's in a better place because he probably feels that you know, anywhere anywhere else is better than uh better than yes, than being in Houston. Even Cleveland. Hmm. <laughs> Even Cleveland. Yeah. The mistake. The, the mistake, mistake on the lake. Huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, I forgot about well, this. Uh, former former Yankee head coach Joe Girardi is officially yep. out of Philadelphia. Yep. After after Look. a twenty two and twenty nine start. Lou and I were talking about that earlier. They're, they're literally like a beer league softball team. They're all designated hitters. They're all like beer bellies. There's no speed. Yeah. There's no defense in that whole roster. And then they have a terrible bullpen. I mean, what? I'm not a big Girardi guy, but I mean, who can coach that team to success? It's a, bad, a poorly constructed roster. Right. Not with this team. Mm. And yeah, you would you would expect a lot better from Dave Dombrowski, who is you know, constructed, yeah, uh, who has constructed World Series winning rosters. I didn't realize, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, he should take the bullet, but of course he's a step above Girardi, so he goes, okay, someone's got to go. Oh, okay, I'm, Joe, you're going. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying Dave Dombrowski, you know, take the bullet. I'm saying I'm surprised he didn't act on this sooner. Yeah. Right. But I mean, but didn't Dombrowski brought in Schwarber and guys who all they can do is hit? They can't run or field. Just a bad yeah. lineup. Well, that's why Schwarber shouldn't even be in the outfield. Schwarber should have been at first base like he was for Boston. Yeah, he was starting. To, he was starting to. Can someone explain to why like baseball, this new trend where people actually they'll they'll bat like a manager will have him batting leadoff. The guy can't even run to first. Like, what? What is going on there? Uh, <laughs> well, for in, Money in Boston's, ca- I, I can't, I can't, I can't explain why in Philly, but in Boston's case, it's because their lineup was so stacked that they wanted, yeah. they wanted threats literally from from number one all the way down to number six or number seven, That's and it made point. more sense. It made more sense to lead off with Schwarber. Because Schwarber was more likely to get on base to you know to record oh. a hit as opposed to uh, I forget who they had batting leadoff last year for most of the year, um, but you know Schwarber once he really got hot he was one of he was one of those players that Cora looked at and said 
yeah. he's more likely to get on base early on as opposed to later on in the game where I mean yeah he could hit he could hit uh homers but you know he's more he's more likely to get uh to get out the more times that a pitcher gets to face him ah interesting so yeah it's uh Needless to say, I mean the Phil- the Phillies are a complete are a complete uh, dumpster fire to begin with Not this trash. year. Not um, I mean they didn't even make the playoffs at all with Girardi. So, nope. another another thing too is the fact that Girardi he sat the young guns all year this year instead of yep. playing them. He's basically, and and it's no coincidence that this new, uh, uh, the new coach that took over, uh, the assistant coach that took over, immediately started playing the young guys in his very first game. I don't know. I'm old school. I mean, I love, I love speed and versatility. I kind of like the the Rays where it's like fast, athletic, versatile people. I just, it's like a softball lineup. I don't know. No speed. Yeah. No no small ball players. It's like let's all try to hit home runs. That doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. Yeah. And get I mean that's why, that's why they're gonna be couple, at the bottom. Couple slap hitters, couple table setters. I want some speed. I mean I love like I don't know, I love quicker lineups. At least a couple guys that can run and field. Yeah, and I mean that's why. Well, actually, surprisingly, uh, despite all this, they're four and a half games out of the wild card. Uh, they've nice. actually won their last. They've actually won their last two games since firing uh, Girardi. So uh, maybe perhaps, maybe perhaps they're on the upswing, and literally Girard, Girardi could have been the cancer potentially. Yeah. Because. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. They've won their last three games. So, wait. They fired Girardi. So they fired Girardi after a win. Yeah. Well, just before we get kicked off, uh, I'm gonna split. So I know. Good night. Again next week. Good night. Yep. Um, With that being said, uh, thank you, Lou. Thank you, Alex. Uh, Thank you, JB, for joining me tonight. Uh, we will be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. And just a reminder, keep uh, keep an eye on blogtalkradio.com slash missyae for updates on the interviews that we uh, that uh, Jim is getting set to, uh, to uh, schedule here moving forward with uh, ex-survivors and ex-Big Brother players. So... Uh, once again, blogtalkradio.com slash missyae. Everybody have a good rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night.